look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios, which don't, well, I mean, it costs, you know, costs 40000 or $50,000 a day. Well, I mean, for a week, I should say. Like, for example, the DNC, RNC. But we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live each weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. It's the place to be. A lot of great shows on the Global Star Radio Network. We're also simulcast on BTR. That's Blog Talk Radio for those people in Hattiesburg. Um, and you can watch us live and by archive right here on our special Super secret, super cool, uh, YouTube channel. Just go to Hagman and Hagman.com and, uh, it's right there, right there for you. All the navigational stuff is on the right hand side. You can choose your, pick your venue. Um, and of course, select your venue and, and you're off and running. Don't forget, we have got two separate websites, Hagman and Hagman.com and HagmanReport.com. Uh, we're going to be really quick with the intros. Joe, welcome. How you doing? Great to have you. Thanks. Doing great. Okay, good. Yeah. All there right. There you go. Don't want to hold up our guest who is actually, actually our guest is for, for this segment of the program is Josh Tully. Okay. Josh Tully, uh, has scaled the fence, scaled the eight foot wall at the Democratic National Convention, fought off the, uh, effeminate DNC security forces and, and managed to struggle his way behind enemy lines into the DNC. Reporting from the DNC. I'm, I'm kidding about that, folks. I really am. Uh, Josh Tully is a great friend of the program. JoshTully.com, T-O-L-L-E-Y.com. You can uh, reach him off of our uh, Hagman and Hagman.com. Uh, it's linked right off of Hagman and Hagman.com. But what a great, what a great friend. What, what a great radio personality he is, journalist, and all-around great guy. Josh Tully, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report, reporting live from Philadelphia, the DNC. What is going hey, on? Hey, guys. Here? Great to be here. Great to be here. What a difference yeah. from the RNC a week ago. Yeah, it sounds like what it. I, you know, 
I, I, I when we were talking off air, I, I thought I heard some automatic or semi-automatic gunfire. I thought I heard some <laughs> screams. Um, you know, I, I and I'm that's not just, sure. Maybe that's in just Philly really on a normal day. That's just Philly. Right. So you're saying the DNT <laughs> is more professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's 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 really not. And as as funny as it is, this is just a joke. I mean, this this conference overall has just been crazy. First, it's not nearly as well organized as the RNC, even though they had three more weeks to organize it since the Cavaliers were in the NBA Finals. The Republicans had less time to get set up. This one is just. Uh, a mess, snafu for military vernacular, and it's it, it goes beyond just the organizational skills of the of the DNC as well. There was nothing patriotic in this. I, I did uh, our first file report from the floor of the DNC, and there were zero flags, none. And now I, I see that they have brought in a few more flags because people were complaining. But it felt like something out of a Stalin movie or a Mao movie. It was gray cold with little highlights of blue and everybody's attitude was very well liberal progressive I, I guess is what you could say and that's before any of the news broke with with Debbie Wasserman Schultz or the Bernie stuff that was just as, as soon as you come into town and you see the event you already know that it's it's messy they didn't know where to park us they changed the parking venue as they were parking the media and you're you're like a mile and a half away from the venue. It's just they did a terrible job. Well, hey, yeah, I mean, look, the progressives are in charge of our government. They they you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never mind. Well, well, okay. So I got to ask you was um was was the stage of vibrating when Debbie Wasserman Schultz or or Nancy Pelosi got booed off? Or I mean, I you know, oh, I don't even know. Oh my where gosh. Uh, well, this this is where this gets really nuts, and I have said for a long time I do not really support the two-party system, no, nor nor did our founding fathers. But there is such a stark contrast: the arrogance of the progressives. Here you have Debbie Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who gets busted, red-handed busted, with this twenty thousand email thing. And what is it with Democrats and emails, for goodness sakes? But she gets busted with this email thing, making fun of of uh, Bernie Sanders as a Jew, even though she is one too, um, making racial slurs and then blaming him on Trump, and making up stories and then claiming as they came from the, the Trump side, uh, bribes. There's even now an investigation into money laundering. There's like a ton of bad mamma-jamma stuff in these emails. And this lady has the audacity and the arrogance to just brush it off, which means if you're a Democrat voter... You are a complete fool at this point to vote for any Democrat on a national level. Now, if it's your local mayor or whatever, good for you, go for it. But on a national level, the Democrat Party essentially said, our voters are stupid idiots. They won't get or even care the fact that we're ripping them off, cheating them, straight up lying to them. 
we'll do the whole, well, our party is better than the option, and they'll be stupid enough to fall in line. So at this point, folks, I'm telling you, if you elect a Democrat to a national office, you owe the rest of us an apology, and you might want to just just check your maturity in the mirror, because they're lying to you. And I totally get it. You're going to say, well, Josh, the other party does it too, but that's no excuse to then go forward and do it. That'd be like saying, well, yeah, Al Capone's a murderer, so I'm going to join John Dillinger because Al Capone's a murderer too. And it doesn't fly. So the audacity from that woman is just beyond me. Then you have the Nancy Pelosi getting booed off stage thing. This I actually find as quite encouraging, to be honest with you, because this is a lady who funneled cash to family members. She was also, uh, if we remember back far enough, part of the whole insider trading fiasco inside the House, where the House exempted themselves. They're the only people on the planet who are exempted from SEC insider trading rules. Even when they did the reforms, they still didn't negate themselves. They only got rid of the staffer clause. So here you have this lady who finally gets booed off stage, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm hoping what's happening is enough Democrats are saying, wow, this is just bad crap crazy, man. we got to get out of here. And whether it's starting a new party or dissolving the current leadership in theirs, something has to happen. But then to make it worse, within hours of Debbie, Debbie Wasserman Schultz having this career-ending humiliation, she has the guts to walk across stage while the cameras are rolling, smiling and laughing like nothing happened. And then Hillary's website post a, a, a story about how they're hiring her because, you know, she does such a great job. This is basically two criminals now getting together and and people are still thinking to vote for this? That's, that's wait, wait, wait a second. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Wait a minute. Hiring who? Uh, I, there, was a, there was a story that was on Hillary's website. Now, I don't right. know if they've pulled it because they've kind of made light of it now. But there was a story within hours of the, the email thing blowing up that Hillary had hired Debbie, Wasser, Debbie Wasserman Schultz gotcha. to be her campaign chair. Okay, I got you. And All right. I, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So here you have two women who totally get in trouble because of what they've done with emails, teaming up together to run a campaign. And what could then possibly they, go wrong? They man. get on stage. <laughs> exactly. And then they get on stage and they tell all of us that they care about the working class. They care about you know single parent families. It's a lie. They are lying to you. Ah, uh, man. Wow. And this, then, of this, course, then you have the Sanders thing. Yeah. Okay. Go. go yeah. Wait. Let's hear about that. Fire away on that because, um, doggone it, I'm so doggone depressed that Bernie Sanders is not the candidate. <laughs> uh, you know, I really want a, a, a freaking socialist in the White House and running the country. And yeah, I said that word. Okay. You know, it's scary. Yeah. I would actually rather have Sanders than Hillary. I <laughs> know <laughs> well, he's a socialist. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. But anyway, okay, so, um, I, I don't so get it. Go ahead. fighting there at the Hagman Studios, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> no, what the heck are you saying? <laughs> Sorry. But here's, here's the craziness of that. To a certain extent, a lot of America was that way. A lot of people are saying, you know what? Let's just go full social. And it, it kind of reminds you of that scene in Tropical Thunder. You never go <laughs> full socialist. Like, that's just, you're not supposed to go full socialist. But that's exactly what Americans were wanting. So here you have this situation where Bernie Sanders was totally robbed. 
completely robbed of this system. Even though I, I can't stand the man, even though I think he's evil on a stick, when you watch that process play out of how he would win states, and then, oh, well, no, the delegates are going to go to Hillary. And then he would win another state. Well, it doesn't really matter. The superdelegates are going to Hillary. It didn't matter. And that's another example, folks, of why I don't understand how people can vote Democrat right now. And that is not an endorsement of Trump. I'm just saying, we're covering the DNC, so let's talk DNC. You literally have a party that runs around the streets this week chanting, this is what democracy looks like. Yet they have no democracy in their own party. They literally said, yeah, all those votes, they don't matter. We're just going to give this thing to Hillary. So Hillary's supporters... Hillary, or uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, rather, they were there already when we got to town on Saturday, already holding mini rallies and all that sort of stuff, and, you know, feel the burn and Bernie or bust and all that. Well, Bernie Sanders has come out and said, I'm endorsing Hillary again. They might have him introduce her on Thursday when she accepts the nomination just because people are so livid, but that ties into yet another factor of this DNC event. They are shielding the media from the the auditorium. What, what we saw at the RNC is we had complete access. They had seats for the media reserved for us in the, in the stands. Uh, we could easily go on to the floor at any time, even when Donald Trump himself was out there. I was out on the floor. So it was complete access. They wanted people to see what they were doing and how they were doing it. Well, not only myself, but if, if your followers are, are consuming alternative media, you've heard all these other stories where they're not letting media into rule committee meetings. They're not even allowing media really access to the event. And what was alarming to me is the Secret Service, because all the media has to check in with the Secret Service once once you get to town. The Secret Service officers even told us, because we saw the same guys a week ago in Cleveland, they told us, he goes, you're not going to like this. But the DNC has decided not to really give media access to the floor. So at no point in time can we actually sit in the auditorium and actually watch the speeches. And even if you're watching the broadcast news, they have limited camera shots that make the, the event look much bigger than it actually is, the venue rather, much bigger than it actually is, and they limited the number of cameras. Where at the RNC, you probably had 30 to 40, seriously, 30 to 40 uh, network cameras. Here you have less than a dozen, and they're all sharing on feeds. Because they don't want you to see what's really happening. And what's really happening is everybody is livid that Hillary Clinton's about to become the nominee. There are chants, uh, lock her up, lock her up that the networks are being ordered to scrub it, don't allow that audio on. I just got word that they are going to place uh, essentially actors in the roll call tonight, especially with states like California, where on TV you're going to see happy-go-lucky, yay, they're all happy. But what's happening is those are actors sitting in the California section. The camera is going to focus on them, so you at home don't see the rest of California delegates livid at chanting lock her up because even as wacky tabacky as a lot of progressives happen to be there's still a line where they say hey wait a second the fbi has admitted this lady has committed over a hundred felonies they just don't want to prosecute her so even i as a wacky tabacky kind of progressive can vote for this woman 
but they are trying to hide that as much as possible. And you saw that last night with the Sarah Silverman, Al Franken bit. When they were out there, you just kind of heard rumbling noises in the background. And what was really happening is the networks were putting in place a filter to muffle out that background noise, but they were chanting, lock her up. They were chanting, you know, Bernie or bust. And I agree, I would not want Bernie Sanders in the White House, not at all. But to see what is happening, and then to have, you know, Democrat friends and neighbors and relatives, I have no clue how you could even lie to yourself anymore and think that this is the the party of the working man, the party of labor unions, the party of minorities, because it is absolutely not. Um, wow, Josh, from from your uh, perspective, the uh, sheriff from uh, Milwaukee, uh, Sheriff, yeah. Sheriff David Clark, said that the DNC seems to be about embracing criminality. <laughs> there it is. Well, yeah, uh, does that what, sound accurate? What Josh said, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Covered. I mean, if, if you think about the overall message, it's been. Trust Hillary, trust Hillary, trust Hillary. And even even this idea of, you know, Michelle Obama's wonderful speech that the media just couldn't fawn over enough, right? Even the idea of her speech was all about, I trust Hillary, you should too. I trust Hillary, you should too. And that's going to be the continuing message because nobody trusts Hillary. Not even the Democrats. Even among Democrats, she's pulling at like 67% untrustworthy rating. So, yes, it's absolutely about how do we embrace criminality. And what's sad, sick, and twisted is if she pulls off this vote, whether they steal it or she legitimately gets it or whatever, that's exactly what happened. America has embraced criminality. But going beyond even that, you have to kind of wonder, what are we really watching here? What are we watching? We are watching a, a public takeover of America. Because even Bernie Sanders said we have never had a more progressive platform than the one we came up with this week. Well, if you look at that platform, they're getting rid of religious exemptions for abortion, they're getting rid of all these sort of key factors that even progressives 30 years ago would have thought you were nuts to do. So right. you have to realize that come hell or high water, if Hillary Clinton or even Bernie Sanders gets this and they end up winning, America is going to fundamentally change. And what we're looking at is either a nationalist growing government under uh, Trump or a globalist growing government under Hillary. Both of okay. them are going to grow the government. That's just reality. Josh, you said something there that I, I, I take this. Uh, do you think there's a possibility? I mean, there's no possibility Sanders could take the nomination, is there? I mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, we're going to find out tonight. <clears throat> All right. Technically, right now, yes, there is. <clears throat> at, at, at this very moment, at 7:23 Eastern Time. Yes, it is possible. Because those superdelegates aren't necessarily bound, they're just pledged. And he has a plethora of delegates that he actually earned if they allow him to keep them. Now, if I were Bernie Sanders, which I don't know why he turned his back on his people, but if I was Bernie Sanders, I would also be calling for a medical records release from the Clintons. Because there have been 
more than one rumor, more than two, more than five rumors, that the reason Hillary Clinton has been coughing a lot, the reason why she's been shaking a lot, the reason why she's put on a lot of weight lately, nothing wrong with that. I'm a little overweight, too. I'm just uh, as a medical symptom. And there are a lot of people saying, wait a second, they suspect that she has MS. Oh, wow. Well, that alone, that alone would be a massive story and, a, and, and to an extent, a, a disqualifier. Because even though MS played a a background role in the West Wing series with, you know, President Jeb Bartlett and, you know, it's it makes great TV drama. This is literally the person that would get that 3 o'clock phone call. And is this going to be an issue? Not only that, there's also rumors and whispers as to why Bill Clinton looks like he's so ill lately. You know, his his eyes are sunken, his his bones are showing... So if I were Bernie Sanders, and I'm, I'm totally saying that this is rumor, but it's not just coming from one place. If I was Bernie Sanders, I would have said yesterday, hey, I want to see medical records. Because it not yeah. only is, should she be in jail, but there's also enough to be, okay, a little suspicious of the medical records. But let me, let me tell you something that I found really interesting. We were at Independence Hall, and there were officers outside Independence Hall, and we were talking to them. They believe she should be locked up. They believe that their own justice system has has perverted it for the benefit of this woman who should be in prison. So they would love to see her arrested. They would love to see her in prison. Going as far as saying they would love to see Director Comey arrested too for whatever on-the-take sort of offer or deal that was made to get him to roll over like that. And that, to me, signifies something much larger. That signifies to me that this country is going through a wake-up call. And I know for years, people like you, people like me, and other shows out there have been trying to get people to wake up. But a wake-up never happens in a planned way. It always happens in a, oh, wow, didn't know it was going to happen that way sort of way. And if this is that wake-up call, then praise God that it's finally coming. Because even if even if Donald Trump wins the presidency, I am not a fan of what he wants to do. He wants to grow the government, too. But at least the people are going to be awake now. And I think what would happen is if even Donald won in four to eight years after that, you would see what I would hope to be a peaceful revolution in this country. Because we're running out of room to continue to pile on more laws. We're running out of room to pile on more regulation. I mean, it, it's it's so insane how many laws and regulations and, and policies that are in place. Something has to give. And it's almost ironic that the birthplace of, of America is where the DNC is having this event, which is essentially signifying the death of America. So life and death of America are happening in Philadelphia. Josh, one question about the Hillary Clinton medical um, speculation. What would be the purpose of her to run for president only to have to step down or recuse herself due to the uh, medical situation? If there is one, that would be question one. And two, is her VP pick, Mr. Kane, play any part into this medical role in your opinion? 
Well, I don't, I don't think Kane plays any role in anything, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think he's there to get the Latino vote because he speaks Spanish and he's there because he's not going to overshadow Hillary. Hillary is all about Hillary. She has been since 1975 when she got fired for ethical problems with the Nixon trial. She has always been about herself. So this is the ultimate power trip. This is, she is going to be coronated as queen in her mind. Now, MS is something you can live with for a long time. There's, there's drugs that now on the market that can repress it fairly well. And I'm sure she would make the argument that, hey, if this is true, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, I can, I can get treatment throughout the process. Because other presidents, I mean, look at the speculation that uh, Ronald Reagan had, had Alzheimer's before he left office. They launched an investigation into that to see if it was true. Um, FDR, another example of somebody who wasn't uh, physically working well. Look at John F. Kennedy. After his assassination, it came out all the medical problems he was dealing with. So it's not that you can't, but it certainly does affect the image in people's minds. If people thought she wasn't capable right now, and I'm just going to play Hillary advocate for a second, heaven forbid. But think about it. She's fighting an uphill battle with all of her legal scandals. She's fighting an uphill battle with all of her Benghazi scandals and Clinton Foundation scandals and the trail of dead bodies behind her. For goodness sakes, I had that Secret Service agent on the show a couple weeks ago, and I asked him, I said, look, you know, another witness against Hillary has been found dead in a mysterious way. Do you think that the... Clintons are capable of murder. And he said, well, I'm not going to answer that directly because it's just too dangerous. But what I will tell you is when I was guarding the then-elect or then-president-elect Clinton in Arkansas, I had one of his staff at the time tell me, you are going to hear some strange, weird things about this couple. You are going to hear things that will turn your stomach. And I'm telling you, believe them all. So, Josh, I guess that's what I would tell your audience. So that's basically this guy saying, yeah, I, I think they're totally capable of that. So you have all these things stacked up on Hillary. The last thing she would need would be to have this possible, and I'm totally claiming that it's at this point just rumor, but the last thing she would want to need would to be a medical thing on top of everything else she's dealing with to show competency for the office. I don't think she's competent anyway. But from a campaign standpoint, that would be disaster. Man, I'll tell you what. What a great analysis. I mean, you pack so much information in there in so little time. Um, okay. I Man, you know, the, uh, so, so we, we have, uh, Billy Bob coming in up tonight, right? Sure. Is, yeah. is that the deal? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. And the reason he, his eyes are sunken in, he's, he, my non-medical opinion is he's dehydrated. You can read between the lines on that. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, what's the, I mean, what's the reception like, going to be like for him? Um, well, I think he's going to get a rousing ovation because Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton is like, um, Moses to the Democrats. He, he kind of brought them into the promised land. We had, Carter, who was a laughing disgrace. Then we went into Reagan, who the conservatives hated. We went into George Bush, which was an extension of the Reagan administration. So you had an entire generation without a Democrat hero. 
here comes Bill Clinton. It was the dawning of the age of information. The internet was brand new, and he came in almost as a as a progressive Moses. And as as much as that just irritates people, if you're a Democrat or a progressive, it's absolutely true. So I think he'll get this rousing ovation. And as long as he doesn't stick his foot in his mouth again, I think it's going to go fine. And then you're going to have Obama come out, and he's, for some reason, still popular amongst Democrats, even though he destroyed the economy, destroyed uh, um, income and jobs for people 30 and under. But he's popular, too. And they're both going to say the same thing. We have both been presidents of the United States. We've both, we both have answered that 3 o'clock phone call. And I can tell you, there's nobody that we, two former presidents, trust more than Hillary Clinton. That, that statement just—I I just got a shudder up my spine when you said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that speaks to the uh, the health and nature of of our country at the moment. Um, anything that really surprised you? That uh, aside from what you already discussed, but anything that really surprised you that, that you've seen, heard, or you know, even for your the vast knowledge that you have, anything that really sticks out and you thinking, man, I didn't see that coming with respect to the DNC? I guess just the mindset of everybody there. Like, I have, I've obviously run into progressive mindset before. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, you know, home of hippies and all that sort of stuff. But just this refusal to budge off of this idea that the government should be God. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I know we're running out of time, but standing there in Independence Hall, and you guys are from Pennsylvania, I'm, I'm sure you've been to Philadelphia. Been there. But yeah. when you're standing there in Independence Hall, and that guy's telling you this is the most important room in American history, this is where they basically said freedom or death. They became they became outlaws in this room, and then you contrast that with a party that is basically. What can the government do for me? What sort of education programs, food programs, medical programs, water programs, safety programs? Like, the the progressive mindset is we need to make government bigger so our life can become better, which is the exact 180-degree opposite of what those men in that room did. They said, hey, we need to eliminate government as much as possible, put it down to a one-piece-of-paper thing, and that's it. Because life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is so much more important than what government can give us. And Benjamin Franklin said it great, and I'm going to paraphrase, but essentially when the people figure out that they can vote for their own gain, the republic is lost. And that's what has happened. This town is full of people who figured out, hey, wait a second, we can vote for our own gain, and because of that, they are selling out the foundation of this country. The, the Constitution to them is almost something you hold your nose and turn away from because it's archaic, it's dead, it's outdated. Whereas for people like you and I, even though we don't think it's some sort of extension of deity at all, it's just, you know, uh, an idea of man, it's an idea that at least went in the direction of freedom. People say all the time, you know, Josh, you don't really want to go back there, do you, where we had slavery and women can't vote? And I said, actually, that's not where we were. We were at a place that had slavery, and we ended it because we pursued freedom, where women couldn't vote, and we ended it because we pursued freedom. It was the constant pursuit of freedom through that path 
that allowed us to become more free and more free and more free. And then somewhere around 1913, well, actually around the reunification after the Civil War, but after that point, everything from that point forward has been less free, less free, and less free. So would I rather go back to a 1700s where at least we're working our way out of slavery, we're working our way out of oppression, as opposed to working our way into it? Yes. Yes. Because even the citizens at that point had something to fight for. These people are essentially saying, what can I vote for? Man. Anyway, you said I know you guys got to run. No, you, you, thank you so much for your gift of time. And I know, look, uh, folks, this is kind of a hardship on Josh uh, Tully. Okay, so get, really extend him a, a great, great deal of thanks, as we do, for really breaking free and uh, giving us a, an update from the Democratic National Convention. Josh, I want to thank you so much, brother. Man. Oh, thank you, guys. You, thank you're, you. you're fantastic. Well, what, a, what a wealth of information. All right. You stay safe out there. And, uh, Yes. Anything, anything <laughs> happens. <gonna> try. <laughs> we, we got the bail money for you. All right. <laughs> as funny as that sounds, I might need it. So I'll keep you on speed dial. Have a great night, guys. The rest God of the Hagman you. audience, I love you guys too. Have a, have a great night. God bless. All right. Thanks, Josh. Folks, that was Josh Tully from uh, JoshTully.com. Uh, Josh Tully Tully, Show? Yeah, yeah, Josh Tully Show. And, and his book, you know, if you haven't gotten his book yet, what a great book. Uh, Surviving, you know, through the the times. What's the title? Don't don't do that to me. (laughs) Evangelpreneur. Thank you. Evangelpreneur is. I've got this. I got this impediment where I I can't. (laughs) You know, it'll come out with. You'll laugh at me. But anyway, I I love I love I love him. I I do. I mean, we got to meet him in person, and he was such a a, just a fantastic man, Um, a great heart, knowledgeable. And it's just amazing to listen to him during the day. Folks, I want to welcome you to our program tonight. That was the, the first 35 minutes of our program was dedicated to an update uh, uh, from the DNC. Can you imagine? Now, now, now think about what he said. The entire California um, uh, delegation being replaced by actors, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, is anything that we're seeing real? No, it's all programming. And and that brings me to something I want to just mention a couple of things I want to mention quickly. If you go to HagmanReport.com, that's HagmanReport.com, dutifully do so. All right, first thing you're going to see is boom, Pastor Paul Begley in the coming apocalypse. Get your tickets now, tomorrow, folks. Tomorrow, or not, not tomorrow, uh, Thursday. We're going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana. Or somewhere Noblesville, Indiana, Indiana, which is right outside of Indianapolis. And um, we're going to be taping two shows, 9 and 11, on television at the WHMB, I think I I got that right, studios. Just click on the link there, and it'll take you to, you got to register. You got to register. Yeah. Okay, now, it it doesn't cost anything. I I might pick your pocket when we're there, when you're there. (laughs) Okay. No, it doesn't cost you anything. It's going to be fun. Come meet us. And if you're around Indianapolis or, you know, even uh, even uh, if you're within a couple hours drive, come on, man. We'd like to see you. We'll have a great time. We'll I mean, be there all morning. Uh, yeah. We'll be we'll be here all week. Yeah, no, we'll be there all morning and with Pastor Paul Begley. And uh, it's going to be a riot, man. I, I can't wait to I can't wait to just meet Pastor Begley and talk with him, and and we we might wrestle. We just a and for those thinking about coming, there is a meet and greet in between the tapings. Yes, so that 
we are doing two tapings there, uh, I'd imagine would be two meet and right. greets. <clears throat> well, or the, yeah, I I don't know. We'll, we'll just hang out outside and you know with a tin can. But it's no, uh, we'll such a nice <clears throat> gesture for Pastor Paul to invite us on the show. What was he thinking? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's going to be nice because, as you said, we get to meet Pastor Paul Begley in person. Yeah, along with his wife Heidi. Yeah, uh, they're going to be treating us to dinner tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow yeah, and, and look, look, I, I had already told them. I said we need. Uh, I had I had sent them an email of our requirements. The <laughs> the green room has to have room temperature bottled water only. It has to have fresh fruit, no bananas. Just cranberries or ras- red raspberries, no black uh, raspberries, and uh, strawberries. And then... Uh, red Bull? No, no. Pink, no. Uh, purple sticks. Uh, and no one is to wear purple or look us directly in the eyes, okay? <laughs> and Anyway. No, you know, he's just having fun. And, and uh, seriously, we, we, it's really going to be great to be there. So, so in, in all seriousness, if you're around Indianapolis, Indiana, um, we've got some there's actually some information that uh, we're we're going to be providing that we have not provided to any audience. We're going to break on uh, Pastor Paul Bigley's uh, show. If you can make it, do that. And it, it involves the it involves our our source uh, from DHS, and has we have, we've got some updates to give. And I've, as a matter of fact, well, I can't even say that, but I can't even say what I was about to say. So just do that. And uh, folks, if you uh, want more information, go to. HagmanReport.com yeah, or BegleyProphecy.com, and then they'll can't miss it. From there, you can not only get the information about the registration and the times Keeps and the map. address, but you can also get the information as to when it airs. It, it airs um, not only in the local market, but it's sent out to a few cities after that. Uh, I know Orlando's one. I think San Francisco's another one. But then it airs on DirecTV, Be- Beirut. Dish Network. Beirut as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, but it airs on the, the Time Warner Cable oh, Dish Network and uh, uh, DirecTV on Friday evening. So, All right. Um, and I believe it airs well, wait, Wednesday wait, wait, and wait, Friday evening. Wednesday and Friday? It airs, first off, on the in the local markets. I think live or very close to live in Indianapolis and San Francisco. So if we and screw then, up, there's no taking it back, right? So I can't, like, you know. But, yeah, the information's up. on paulbegleyprophecy.com on the channels that it does air on nationwide and the times. And I, if I remember correctly, it's Friday at 10 p.m., 9 or 10 p.m. Oh, boy. It airs. So um, I don't know. It's we're looking forward us, to so. it. So yeah. tomorrow and Thursday, we are going to have uh, well, some things in, in yeah. lined up for you. But especially yeah. Thursday, folks, if you're new, relatively new listeners to the show in the last year or two, you're going to want to listen to Thursday's show. You're going to want to listen to Wednesday. We're going to have a throwback show. Thursday. Throwback Thursday. And it's a, a great episode. I want to thank Eric for, for doing the work and, and putting it together. And uh, even picking it out, um, you're going to be surprised. I think you're going to be surprised. Very but um, while we have Very time good. left in this hour, hold on a minute. I got I got to direct people. Also, I, one more thing. Sorry, I mean, and, and, mm-hmm. and I'll give it to you. Sorry. All right. Uh, I want to direct people too to HagmanReport.com. And if you don't mind, I just want to get into this very quickly. All right, because um, to me, this. Uh, this is pretty important. Uh, there's an article up there. Why Trump's platform of pessimism is loathed by the left and why it matters. All right. This is an article written by Doug Hagman. I guess that's me. 
Uh, I wrote this article seriously. It appears on CanadaFreePress.com. I would urge everyone as well to leave a comment. You might read the article and say, you know, okay, or give your input to the article. Um, the reason I say that is because it does elevate the stats and visibility on the search engines when you do that. Um, as crazy as it sounds, because what we are, what's happening here is we are under fire. Conservatives are under fire. The conservative message is being is being tamped down by these search engines, by algorithms that, that are are taking articles like this and uh, flushing them down the toilet. But the 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 the, the, the issue here, and I just want to touch base or touch on this, folks. If you if you and I may, I, I made that. that Two days in a row, I believe now, I, I mentioned this phrase, the nattering nabobs of negativism, okay, uh, which was a Spiro T. Agnew, uh, utterance back on September 11th, 1970. Interesting date, right? At the California Republican, uh, convention. Now don't forget, people are saying, well, Spiro Agnew, who the hell's that? Mm-hmm. Um, seriously, you have to be, you know, you have to be old enough to remember, you have to be getting, uh, you know, a, AARP, uh, invitations apparently, or, you got to look back in history because there's really nothing new under the sun. You, you, you've heard after the convention RNC, uh, Donald Trump had had um, had been accused of peddling pes- pessimism and saying, you know, things are horrible. And what I did, what what I was looking at after after that speech, I began to do a lot of research, and I found that really this the uh, the Progressives, slo- socialists, and the media. Obama, <clears throat> Trump's there doom and gloom doesn't match reality. While there was a breaking news feed on top, several dead in shooting at right. Munich, and since then there's been a, another uh, yeah, terror attack in Germany, as well as a uh, in Norway, a 84 or 86 year old priest. Was decapitated by oh, ISIS. In, uh, Normandy, I believe, but yeah. Normandy, okay. Okay, at a, at Let a me church. get that story here. Yeah. So but, we're going to get into that. But, but see, the, the idea that fear is this electoral gold of the GOP, this is what is being stated by many political pundits and by the government on both sides of the political spectrum. I want, I want folks, this is so important, and I, I really didn't fit it as well in the articles I should have but this is so important because we are always accused of peddling fear and Donald Trump is being accused of that very same thing and if you look back in history in 1970 William Sapphire was the speechwriter for Nixon at the Nixon White House William Sapphire who's passed away as well as Agnew and Nixon of course um, what they did was they came up with this this phrase nattering the above of negativism and, and, and they used this to, to criticize yeah, now, now think of this. If we were sports reporters, say we were uh, reporters of, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team, All right. and say that they, or the Cleveland Indians, or the Atlanta Braves this year, as I had checked the stats, Eric, I saw the, the records, Atlanta's doing horrible this year. Right. So, you know, say they lose seven games in a row, and each day uh, throughout the week we report on their losses. Would we be considered, you know, uh, sport reporters of negativity because they lose and we report on the losses. Well, that's a, a, a similar type of analogy. When there is bad news and when there are things going on in the world and they are being reported on as such, truthfully, right, you're turned around and accused of being a fearmonger for reporting the truth 
there is a mental disconnect somewhere that is being created or has been created because in the real world, in the world of common sense, nobody in their right mind would be able to get away with saying that or accusing somebody of that for just reporting the facts. Now, if they were making up, you know, news and, and just constantly had predictions of, of terribleness and, and, you know, basically <laughs> reporting, you know, from a depressed mindset all the time, right. I can see that. But if you're only reporting the facts of truth with a pure heart, how can you be acute? And how could people even listen to that and, and think that the person well, being or doing the accusing has any merit whatsoever or common sense. Precisely. Folks, it is as bad as we are saying, okay? It's just being covered up by these, by the media. It's worse than what we say. Perhaps. But but see, the roles have been switched because it was the media. And and I think I make a good point in the article. And and folks, again, please visit HagmanReport.com. I'm really not pimping my article, as some would say. I want people to really understand the importance of the information. And I, we don't have time to get into it tonight, but, but understanding what is taking place, understanding the methodology behind and the motivation behind the, the individuals making these comments with respect to, uh, with respect to the, uh, um, well, the economy and, and everything taking place. It's important. But I, what I found was a survey that, now this was not made public. Uh, not publicized. Back in November, it was published November 17th of the last year. It was by, it was, uh, actually by the, uh, um, no, it's, it's in the article. But they, 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 they surveyed, they polled 2,695 people across every state in the District of Columbia. Uh, 1,193 males and 1,502 females, equal number almost of Democrats and Republicans, or Democrats and Independents, fewer Republicans in a small segment of the Tea Party. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, in, in various, the demographics on this, I looked at the demographics and it was evenly spread out across the board, all right? Their conclusion was 70% of the American public, 7-0, said, hey, wait a minute, things are not going well and they're not good all right so in order for the media now to call us fear porn doom porn uh you know fear sellers and those people out there the bloggers okay these people who are have their heads so far the rectal cranial inversion epidemic that is sweeping this country is unbelievable we need massive amounts of surgeons out there um, I don't know whether you have a proctologist or a neurologist or both on standby, but again, the rectal cranial inversion that, that that's that's out there among the population, and and the, the vast majority at the DNC, of course, they, they need surgical intervention. But having said all of that, yes, it is as bad as as you might want to think, but we still have the ability. To, to come out of this and, and to fight because we've got to fight and we've got to choose our sides and I don't care what people say or think you know it, it, you got to get off your, your butt we all have to get off our butts and to fight back and this leads me into okay so I'm going to just wrap it up by saying this please you can read read the article at HagmanReport.com or CanadaFreePress.com if, but I would urge everyone to comment on it at CanadaFreePress.com even if, even if I don't like it go ahead and say I don't like this you know it's just tripe or whatever but again uh, well if, maybe if you do that you don't maybe you don't want to do that because then, then it'll elevate the 
the visibility of the article. But 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 regardless, um, I feel very strongly about this, and, and I think historically, it, it's, it's well sourced and historically it's correct. But what we're seeing is just a flipping of the the people, Joe, that have, that were responsible for our uh, exposing criminality in D.C. that took down Spiro T. Agnew, that took down Richard Nixon, that took down a lot of the criminals on both sides of the aisle, especially the, the, the right side. They've swapped sides for a seat at the globalist table. They've sold their souls mm-hmm. for a seat at the globalist table. And they're covering up the fact, like you you're just talking, you can go ahead and get into this. When you have in France, or in, yeah, France, you've got a man who is pledged his allegiance once again to ISIS. A and and we're going to be getting into this uh, hopefully on 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 the Paul Begley uh, show. Um, you've got to understand ISIS is the quintessential antithesis to Western values. It serves as a globalist dialectic, okay? And understand this. And understand that we're living in Second Thessalonians time. Look, I'm not a preacher. I don't know. But when I read that there's going to be a strong delusion in the minds of men in the end times, I know from an investigative standpoint, again, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I, I don't know this, but I know from an investigative standpoint that people are suffering from a strong delusion. And when I look at the ISIS. When I look at, and this is a new term, perhaps, uh, you know, the the Imam Mahdi. Did you say Second Thessalonians, or do you mean Second Timothy? No, Second Thessalonians two three and two eleven. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And what they're talking about is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together of the saints unto him. They say, let no man deceive you by any means that that day will not come except there come a falling away first or an apostasy and that man of sin be revealed. And in Second Timothy chapter 2, which I thought is what you were, or I'm sorry, chapter 3, which is what I thought you were talking about. It gives description of the last days that says, Know this, in the last days perilous times shall come. Men will be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, traitorous, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of God godliness but refusing or denying the power thereof. And it goes on from there. Um, and we are wow. seeing these things play out in this day and age. There is a blindness um, in the church. There is a falling away, not only from faith, but from just human morals. Okay. Well, well I, mean, I want you to get into the ISIS, the ISIS attack against this priest, because, this, folks, this is coming to America. But, but right now, uh, very quickly, uh, understand, ISIS has a magazine called The Beak, D-A-B-I-Q. Okay, the, the beak. After Don't they the have beak another one? No, that, that's uh, Al Qaeda, and that's the Inspire magazine. Yeah. But uh, ISIS magazine called the beak, and the beak is a point of battle according to the Islamic Hadith, uh, which is the equivalent of Armageddon. They are planning to overtake the beak in Syria. Now, uh, in fact, they issued a or they they made a video, ISIS video, see you in the beak, the beak army rolling into Rome, destroying Christianity and enslaving women. There's two areas that we have to keep our eyes on, the big Syria and Rome. 
that that they ISIS right now is coming after Catholicism and coming after specifically Catholicism, but yeah. Christianity. And hold on, and I'm going to give it to you. Uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Timothy Furnish. He's got a PhD. is is in Islamic. Uh, he's a, he's an expert in Islamic eschatology. He, he had come out and given a lot of information. Folks, the United States, we set up ISIS. We financed ISIS under the Obama-Clinton-Jarrett machinery. And how dare these criminals, how dare these criminals deny this? Because more than two-thirds of the U.S. Humvees supplied by the United States, uh, supplied to Iraq by the United States, were taken when ISIS took Mosul in 2014, and Obama and Clinton and uh, uh, Jarrett were directly responsible for that and for the criminal altering of the intelligence about that incident, and folks, we should be, we should be so angry, righteously angry about this, because this has led to the slaughter of that priest and many others, the children, the women all across the world, and it's coming to, to to the United States unchecked by this criminal rogue government and the CIA and these these mealy mouth milk toasts like Comey and every person that every one of the 535 uh, sitting in Washington D.C. and you should be damn upset about this. Joe, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. Now, there's two parts to this uh, story about the priest that had his throat slit. An 84-year-old priest had his throat slit while he kneeled at the altar on camera after ISIS invaded Mass. Now, here's a few things you need to know about this French attack, and then I want to talk about another angle here. Um, the uh, Two knife men entered a church um, in Normandy around 9.45 a.m. local time by a back door during Mass. Nuns and worshippers were taken hostage one was seriously injured. Father uh, Jacques Hamel died after reportedly having his throat slit. Suspects were shot dead by French police. ISIS claims responsibility for the attack, saying it was carried out by two soldiers. You know, I'm so sick of this. Somebody reportedly had this. Come on. And he had his throat slit. Now, by a, a yes. Yeah, he had his throat slit. But there's more. Uh, yeah. The the. Remember we talked about the ISIS hit list in the Western world, the people and organizations who were on it? Well, this Catholic church uh, was on the ISIS hit list. Catholic church where priest was murdered was among several targets found on suspected jihadi arrest last year, where a list was discovered on suspected ISIS terrorist Sid Ahmed, who was arrested last April amid fears he was planning more attacks in Paris. Now, this was... um, this is one of many organizations and people whose names are on an ISIS kill list as the list continues to grow. And yes, as you said, the Catholic Church is on the list. You are going Rome to see is a target. Yep. And by and the France way, so are the a target. And, and, and I'm going to tell you right now: Jones is a target. Rick Wiles is a target. Quayle's a target. Langford's a target. We're targets. We're on the list because we made the forums. When you're password protected, you get into the forums. You can see. Yeah, but you know what? And no one is stopping this. Meanwhile, BBC is debating whether the term radical Islamist should be used when describing these attacks. No, it shouldn't be used. It's Islamic. It's Islamic. There's no radical Islam. It's Islam. Okay. Folks, we'll be right back with Pastor Rob Begley after this. Stay with us. Is that a stroke, folks? This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
to look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. serious i mean are you serious folks <laughs> are you serious oh man folks th- th- welcome back to the hagman hagman report welcome to this segment we've got a very special guest with us a guy that uh uh i admire i admire this man i'm not going to give you a whole lot of you know stuff okay pastor paul begley the coming apocalypse i listened to the coming apocalypse i love his program i love the guy i love the man i love his his works um i love his energy i love his information we do i guess i should say we uh pastor paul begley is joining us we have the distinct honor and i mean this honor i mean because really who who are we but we're going to be appearing um thursday Pastor Paul Begley invited us to appear Thursday on his television show in in just outside of Indianapolis. So, folks, there's still seats available. You got to register. You should register. Okay, please register. Um, come see us because we're going to be just absolutely. It's going to be energized. It's going to be an energetic uh, taping. In fact, they might have to tape it like twice. And they are going to tape it twice, but uh, there's two different sessions. But but they're going to have to like you know uh, probably edit and splice because I'm just going to man I'm just so excited I'm not I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to control what I'm going to say. Um, and with Pastor Paul Begley there too, it's just going to be like uh, uh, two uh, two firecrackers going off there. And Joe, of course, uh, kind of going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, we want to welcome to the program Pastor Paul Begley. In all seriousness. What a great man. Pastor Paul Begley, The Coming Apocalypse, linked off of HagmanHagman.com. Pastor, thanks for having, thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great. You guys are on fire that first hour. Josh Tolley and, and yeah. getting his report of the DNC. I mean, are you serious? Man, I'll tell you. And, and by the way, the, the are you serious? And the, for those new listeners, new viewers, are you serious? That is really the tagline of Pastor Paul Begley. Get a cup. Get the get get the logo. Are you serious? Because it, and that kind of sums up the entirety of the last decade. Are you serious? 
But yeah, you know, we are on fire because we, we were, we're, you know why I'm on fire tonight is because I know that in, in what, 24 hours we're going to be, we're going to be, uh, uh, meeting you and talking with you and your lovely wife and mm-hmm. then, uh, having the opportunity to, to spread, uh, spread some information on your fine program, which just, I just can't wait. I really can't. So thank you so much for the invite. Well, we're, yeah, we'll, yes, we'll try not to stick up the thing too much. Sorry. <laughs> we're excited, uh, Doug, Joe, both of you guys. We are. We're honored you guys have that presentation. We really look forward to it. The people are looking forward to it. And I know that there will be some – I heard you say you got some brand-new information that you're going to release during the taping. Now, that's got me excited. Yeah, um, I do. I have not mentioned this at all. It, it, this actually relates to information that I broke a couple of years ago from a source. Um and that's all I can tell you about it right now because we'll just break it in person on Thursday during the taping. All right. In, in that's going to be good. That's yeah. worth the trip, folks, if you're out there. And, oh, by the way, you're also breaking – are you going to be breaking out your brand-new book tomorrow or Thursday? Sure, sure. I will have copies if people want it. Um, it's actually – it's a five-star rating – excuse me, over 50 five-star ratings on Amazon. It's called Stained by Blood. It's a true murder story. It's a true mur- account of murder investigation conducted in 1987 um, by yours truly, and uh, it's a good read. So it's uh, yeah. So we'll be. Uh, I'll have that on hand if you you know if you want it. And uh, there you go. It'll be fun. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Look so forward to so, it. Pastor. Okay. Uh, y- you've got a television show. How'd this happen? I mean, do you want to talk about that, or I, I just I'm just kind of curious as to <laughs> man, you know, you, it's great. You know what's happened is uh, it's been amazing. Um, as you guys know, I started doing internet radio at the same time. Maybe you guys did. I think we're about the same time. Um, oh. But and I've been on YouTube though uh, now over six and a half years. And, that, you know, the, the growth of that has just been uh, exponential. It's been unbelievable, really. And the Lord really began to impress upon us to go on television. To, uh, and I never even put that in, the, in my uh, thought process, actually. I never did even think about ever doing that. It's a million years. But the Lord said, hey, you need to do this. There's another whole audience, especially... Some of the folks who are not, look, that are a little bit elderly and they're not on the Internet, they're still TV watchers. There's still a large audience still on television that you're not reaching, and it is the urgency of the time, the current events, the, 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 the biblical prophecy, the apocalyptic events on a daily basis, I mean almost hourly now. You've got to keep your eyes open because something's happened every time you turn around, and it's absolutely connected to the prophecies of the end time and so uh, we felt led we should do this we uh, stepped out by faith God has provided he is providing and uh, so we're moving forward you know with some uh, some really we've done great according to the different channels that we're on our programming is airing in the top 10% of each of the Christian networks that we're on and you have to realize we've only been on one year. Most of the ministries out there have been on 25, 35, 45 years. So people didn't know who we were. But the coming apocalypse, the current events tied to biblical prophecy, 
is grasp people are grasping it because there's so much happening guys people are wondering what's going on and they're looking for answers and so we want, we have the answer you know we have the answer Jesus Christ and they need to be ready so we're we just stepped out by faith to be honest with you we stepped out by faith and the Lord is blessing you know you have got in my view the most cutting edge program when it comes to current events that that mixes with or the scripture overlays current events i listen to your program i mean i learn things from your show uh, from the coming apocalypse and i think it's just fantastic and and folks i would urge everyone to tune into the coming apocalypse every day every i mean every chance you, you you've got because they, they, Pastor Paul does such a great job. Joe, we've had the opportunity to be on this program and many times, you know, and and it's um, it, it, you do it with such and you're in demand too. You've been contacted by the major media, by CNN. I mean, when when you did the uh, uh, the shows about the, the fish die-offs and the animal wildlife die-offs, man, I'll tell you, you're in demand. Well, you know, I think I think they usually like to make fun of me. <laughs> I think I'm. A, no, I think I'm a punching bag. I mean, it's somebody they can beat up on, you know, uh, uh, in the mass media. And I don't even know if you guys know that there was a uh, documentary done by National Geographic Wire about all the animal deaths. And uh, I'm in this. Uh, they contact me and they say, "Hey, we want to put your." biblical perspective into this documentary. It, it aired well, last year quite a bit on the National Geographic uh, television network. And I said, okay, as long as you're going to, as long as you guys uh, allow me to share the gospel, share the, at least the scriptures of what we're talking about, then sure, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll agree to it. So we did, and I think I, I'm on there maybe eight or nine times. But what they did was they used me and they basically poked fun at the biblical perspective while they tried to convince the world why the birds were falling out of the sky, the fish were washing up on the banks, why the cattle were dying, why, you know, all these different mass animal deaths. And they kept showing me, I'd make a statement, and then they would mock it. And then, and so it really, at first, really frustrated me. I was upset when this thing aired on National Geographic. And uh, Heidi said, "Don't, don't, don't be upset. This is look. This is going to be seen probably by a million people. So relax. You're getting the message out, no matter what. And people will be coming to find out what else you're talking about. So don't, don't let it get to you. So you know, yeah, you're right. They like, they like to use me to beat up on. But you know, the Bible says the Lord uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Okay." So if he wants to take a country preacher from the cornfields of Indiana, if he wants to use a somebody that's kind of like me and try to shake things up, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it for, for Jesus Christ. Amen. And, Pastor, uh, you've been doing this TV show. Uh, you've had, you know, a few tapings by now. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you, um, who's been your favorite interview that you've done on TV so far if if you had to say that is a great question it's going to be it might be you guys uh, come Thursday <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russ Dizdar was a tremendous interview uh, and and uh, that show did extremely well what we do we air it 
We'll air it on South Bend, Indiana. It'll air in Indianapolis, Indiana. It airs in New, New Orleans, Louisiana, Orlando, Florida, and on Direct TV nationwide. And that, and then we put it on YouTube, and it and uh, it does very well on YouTube. So, Russ Dizdar was a great interview. We did two two shows with him. Also, I interviewed Rabbi Yehuda Glick in Jerusalem after he was shot four times by the Palestinian assassins. Rabbi Glick is the, is the leading rabbi of Israel to rebuild the third temple, which we know in Bible prophecy is a major milestone of the end times that Jesus said to watch for. And Glick is leading the charge, and he did not die, and he allowed me to go interview him, walk out on the street to the very spot where he was shot, then go inside the Menachem Begin Center and sit down and interview him for a couple of shows, and that's done extremely well, and it's a very powerful show. So, uh, you know what, uh, 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 those interviews really stand out on the television side of it. Stephen Bendenoon is another one we interviewed. That stands out very well. And so, uh, you know, we look forward to you guys coming Thursday. We really do. The people are fired up, and we, Heidi and I are fired up to, to uh, finally meet you guys in person. Yeah. We know you. We know you. Yeah. We listen to your show all the time. We know you guys. But it, it's really good to meet people in person and, and to get together and fellowship. And, and that, you know, that's the thing. The, the fellowship is so important to meet someone face-to-face, to rub elbows with them, and, and just to, just to share the, 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 the love in your heart. And you, you do that. You and Heidi do that so well. Um, and, and I'm just, again, I, I am just blown away that, that, uh, that you've asked us to, to be there. Now, Pastor, I've got to ask you this question because I've been getting so many emails about this. Uh, you had, I think you were one of the first to really talk about the DHS program, the pastor, the, um, w- w- Joe, what is that? The, um, clergy response team. Thank you very much. The clergy response team. But I've been getting a lot of emails saying, you know what? Um, please ask pastor, every pastor you have on, but especially pastor Begley, because he knows what's going on with DHS and the clergy response team. So I got to ask you, what, what, what's this all about? What do they know? What are they doing? What are they fixing for? And why should we be concerned? Uh, great question. First of all, they've never contacted me. I think they know it's a waste of time. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned a, a list earlier about uh, that the ISIS has a list of pastors or talk uh, alternative talk shows like yours or churches, locations that have been targeted on a hit list. I, Heidi and I have been talking about it. I don't know if I'm on that list or not. I, I, I hope I'm not, but it wouldn't shock me if I am. I think that we'll, uh, we'll, talk, we'll share information tomorrow night with you. By the okay, way, okay, okay, all right. And you know, I've, I have really the last year, year and a half, taken different precautions on how I travel, where I go. I don't really tell people when, when I'm leaving and when I'm coming back. I don't tell people what airlines I fly. I don't do that no more. I don't tell them what hotel I'm in uh, because this is a, this is a different world and i think at a certain point we just hit 93 million views on youtube you know uh, and oh, that wow. if are you serious 93 million times <laughs> people's heads got to be ringing <laughs> but uh you know after a while you start realizing people recognize you at every airport everywhere you go you start to you start to realize uh oh 
Not everybody's your friend out here, and you need to be a little more careful. Just a little more I'm not afraid. Plead the blood of Jesus, but we need to be a little more careful. So having said that, I'm, I appreciate you guys sharing some information with me. Now, as it relates to this this uh, response team, there are, and I believe you're referring to the pastors that have been recruited or being asked to be recruited to be on these emergency response teams. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the clergy response, yes, yes. The uh, the numbers seem to be growing, at least from what I've been hearing. And yeah, so. Yeah, it's, it, this is part of the, to be honest, I believe it's the part of the New World Order. Because if you read Saul Alewinsky, and the, and the rules for radicals, which Hillary Clinton uh, has embraced and and worships, and, and Dr. Ben Carson has explained to us last week that we are either one nation under God or are we going to be a nation under Lucifer since Saul Owinsky dedicated that book to Lucifer. Okay? So having said that, part of the rules are this. It's control out of chaos. And it's chaos that's created. Uh, yes, there's some natural crisis. Remember, Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. He read the book also. And, of course, uh, Bill Ayers was a, uh, a student of Saul Owensky, if you will, and it's Bill Ayers and the Weather Underground where in, in his basement of his home in Chicago there where Barack Obama first started his presidential campaign. These people all enter, they're all interlocked. They're intertwined. I mean, the Clintons go back to 1988. Personal friends with Muhammad Mercy, Muhammad Mercy, and his wife, and there's and he was the head of the Muslim Brotherhood. We understand that Hillary's right uh, right hand is uh, Uma Abedin. Uh, she's the daughter of the Muslim Sisterhood, and uh, in other words, they are so intertwined with. The very people who are chopping off heads, uh, 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 raping women, uh, the Syrian crisis, we can, we can get into the migrant crisis, all those things. But having said all that, chaos, control out of chaos, part of it is this, to get the pastors locally to be able to control their congregations in times of crisis. These pastors are being trained uh, to on uh, what their responsibilities are, and these pastors are being deceived. They're being they're being taught that what they're going to do is to help protect people in a crisis. All this is really going to do is help herd the people during times of citizen containment. This is not going. Look, yeah, it is the truth. You're not going to get food or water unless you follow the rules. But we already know that when we read about the coming of the mark of the beast in, in the book of Revelation, we already know that if you're not in the system, you can't buy or sell. The pastor should be instead teaching the congregation that these are signs of the end time, and we don't want to be a part of any government system that controls us. And to, and to control us, you have to give them a lot of information. You, they, they require and they ask a lot of questions. I don't think we need to do it. I mean, why in the world do I want to share this with a Luciferian uh, um, governmental run that is so far from God? I mean, just this week, if you just watch this abomination that's going on in Philadelphia, 
If this doesn't show you this is the most disrespectful, most chaotic, most crazy, blatant robbery. I mean, I, Bernie Sanders was a socialist, okay? A socialist. Almost communist. But his people had no chance. He had no chance. The game was rigged. It was stacked against him. And uh, I don't want to be, I don't need any instruction from these agencies. I'm getting my instruction from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we love about you. You know, uh, rebel with a cause, and that cause is our salvation. And I, I just, you're so right. You know, the game, it's a game to, to these globalists. It's rigged. You've got Sanders. And Pastor, I mean, uh, I, I know that I've got some years on you. Well, really? Probably. Because you look pretty good, Doug. You actually look yeah. pretty good, don't you, Joe? You, you know what? A little embalming fluid instead of Botox. <laughs> but, but, Without a hide. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but have, have, did you, in your lifetime, did you think we'd ever seriously be at a point where we are today? We're living. You look around, and I, I look. I know it's it's frightening, but it's also exciting because the event, the, the time in which we live. I believe anyway. It's been written about in the Bible. It's been, and and we should be we should be excited to, to see these events. Yeah, a little bit. You know, geez, you know, are, are you serious? But I, I, I but. Did you think in your lifetime you'd see what we're seeing right now? Take no, place? no. And you know, when I was growing up as a, a youngster, and when and I started preaching the gospel at the age of 22, I used to hear Jack Van Impe. I used to watch him on television and some of the others, and, and they would talk about, there's a day coming when you're going to see these things. David Wilkerson, some of these guys, very prophetic. And now... It, we don't talk about there's a day coming to see these things. We're the guys, we're the generation that's reporting on the very things they said was coming. We are in the fig tree generation. Is, uh, we are in the prophetic hour. The, I call this the apocalyptic era. And I never dreamed I would see this. I'm going to give you an example. Our television show that aired last week, uh, it's called Count, uh, Damascus Countdown, because I was in Israel and we went to the Golan Heights. Heidi and I and Stephen Bendenuni and his wife, Yana. We went up to the Golan Heights. And it's a great show, folks. And it's on YouTube right now at my channel. So if you go watch it, you'll really enjoy this television show. As we're driving to the Golan Heights, to the, which would be the border of Syria, uh, we run, we find three different areas where there's 50 tanks or more Israeli tanks hiding, or not hiding, they're hiding in plain sight, but what are they doing up there? I mean, there's no military base. They were strategically, we found them, we filmed them, and we aired it on the show. When we got to the top of the mountain there, the Golan, we're looking out across the city of Damascus. We can see the city of Damascus. We're about two miles from the city, but we're up high enough. You can see the city. We hear an, ex we hear an explosion. We see black smoke roaring from the outskirts of Damascus. And Stephen says to me, we just, they're just bombing right now. There's a war going on. ISIS is down there. You know, the, it's crazy. They're the Iranians, the Russians, uh, Al Qaeda. And then you look at the Bible and you read Isaiah 17.1. It says, behold, Damascus is no longer a city, but shall become a ruinous heap. 
Then you go to Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 23 through 27, and you literally see it talks about play by play how that this city will become a city of, 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 of no longer a city of praise, but a city of sorrow and, and agony. And, and I'm sitting there watching, I'm thinking, dear Lord, I'm watching prophecy. Standing on the Golan Heights, this is a place that, that the Jews had to take back from Syria in 1967 in the Six-Day War when, when Syria attacked them. The Israel got attacked in 1973 in the War of Yom Kippur, were drove right over this mountain. Uh, I still see the bullet holes in some of the sandbags here up on top of this hill, and I'm realizing, and we got back to the hotel later that afternoon and found out that that explosion we witnessed killed 12 people and wounded 55, a suicide bomber. Wow. And so, Doug, what I'm telling you, you and Joe, is I never, yeah. I, and I never thought I'd sit down and talk to Yehuda Glick, who is the leading uh, rabbi to rebuild the third temple that Jesus said. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoever readeth let him understand. We know it is Second Thessalonians 2, which I just heard Doug, or just heard Joe read in your first hour. He read it perfectly about the rise of the Antichrist, how that this, this lawless, this, this, this lawlessness, this son of perdition, this strong delusion. And that's part of it, Doug, what your question is, they're, they're trying to deceive the masses, and one way is you've got to deceive the pastors. And the Bible says we won't be deceived. The very elect won't be deceived. But not everybody's part of the elect. They might have the title clergy, but I hate to say this, but uh, and, I, and I'm for everybody. You know, I love everybody. But some of these guys have got to open their Bible and understand the time is now. We have to prepare the people for the beginning of sorrow, which is really at hand. You're, you're right. P- Pastor, you deal in current events through the prism of the Scripture, but you, you've got to, I'm sure you're witnessing this level of fatigue among your listeners, your viewers, even people among your congregation. How do you deal with that? Because we can be so overwhelmed and brought down, and and it could get so bad. And I, myself, I mean, look, this morning it was I don't know, it was like quarter to five in the morning. I just took my dog from my house, and I just went for a walk. I couldn't. It, it quarter to five. It was well five o'clock in the morning before the sun came up because I couldn't. I couldn't look at another headline. I couldn't look at. I couldn't hear another bad word. And you know. I had the nicest walk with my dog, the most carefree walk. But it, but but I had to get away. I mean, but how do you deal? Right. With the, you know, how do you deal? Well, with this? well you know, the, the, that's a, a tremendous question, and we all at times can get overwhelmed. Part of it is is because the, the the events today are so shocking. Whenever you whenever you see a man take a, a truck and run over 84 people and injure 300 in France in the French Riviera, a beautiful holiday city. Uh, whenever a man goes into a Catholic church and decapitates a priest on early morning mass uh, in France, when you see a guy get on a train in Germany with an axe and injure 21 people, or Sunday a guy with a machete 
butcher a pregnant woman in the streets in oh, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these are just uh, the things, uh, we, Orlando, and a lie. I mean, we're supposed to believe that this one guy killed 53 or 50 people, wounded 53, shut all all the exit doors, uh, sent uh, called the radio station, uh, called 911, posted on Facebook and Twitter, called his wife while holding off a SWAT team for three hours. One guy? Is he? It can uh, happen. Hey! Uh, well, are, you are you serious? This guy must be like, what, super soldiers. And then we hear this. There's 11 police officers, 14 police officers, shot, set up and shot. I mean, set up and then picked off like uh, like just sitting ducks. Five of these officers are dead. And we hear, I'm listening to the 9-11 tapes. I, I listen to them. They're, the police are saying, there's a, there's a gunman on the roof. Another one says, there's another gun, he's on the second floor window. Another one says, there's two guns out the fourth floor window. Then I look at a video of a guy on the street hunting a guy down and killing And yet only one guy did this? Are you serious? Right. One guy in France? It's, I mean, yeah. I, so we're getting fed. Uh, we're getting lied to by the media. We know this. We can see it in the electoral process. It's just the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life, what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Um, and it's been going on. Bernie Sanders, you know, from the whole time, this thing was rigged and, and rocked. Well, you know, when 500 superdelegates signed in with Hillary before they had the first debate, uh, it was, and then you find out these emails from Debbie Wasserman that, uh, they, they, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's an abomination that what's been going on, and yet they're still selling this. To the American public right now, I'm looking at the screen right now, i got the volume off, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, they're still selling this, this isn't democracy, this is not democracy, this is the new world order, and the Manchurian candidate is, a, is getting ready to be crowned as queen, and the dream I had in 2004 may turn into a real nightmare if she is elected, and I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, and I've been telling this dream for 12 years, and it's, I'm staring at it, and I'm praying to God, don't let it happen, Lord, let it be a warning, and let the people pray, and let it stand up. Now, to your question, how do you deal with this? You know, Doug, here's the good news. We have Christ. If we don't tell the people what's going on, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we got to, if you're a watchman on the wall, what good are you if you're not on the wall? And number two, what good are you if you're on the wall and you don't tell anybody what you see? Okay. And the second thing is this, but then you have to, you have to be able to take that time and just shut everything off and let, and let your mind relax and let your spirit relax and just start praising the Lord and thank him every day that you are living in this time that we're in. And you know he's coming. You don't know when. And ask God to give you strength and to give you peace. And in Christ, we have peace. And if I was not safe living in this chaotic world, I would be stressed out. It'd be unbelievable I'd be stressed out. But with Christ, I am not stressed out. I get a little overwhelmed, I'll be honest. I get a little overwhelmed with some of this stuff. Mm. But in Christ, in prayer, take that long walk, you know, to deep. Sometimes get away, breathe the air outside, relax, and pray. And, and I, I thank God every day that I live in a country where it is still free right now. There's still hope. It's dwindling. 
but there's hope and we still got freedom so let's use that opportunity to thank the Lord every day truer Amen. words never spoken Amen and, 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 Joe, I, I just real quick, in, in case the pastor wants to, we, since we, we we have many new listeners, in fact, uh, two checking in from South Africa, um, one checking in from France, uh, our hearts go out to you, um, and a couple from the UK and others. Do you want to share your dream from tw- uh, 2004? I, it, you know, I I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's up to you, Pastor, if you want to recount or uh, you know recount that. Sure, sure. Okay. It's not very long. It's not very long. Um, so I'm sleeping and I go into this dream there's a huge ballroom and there are probably 200 people men are dressed in tux women are dressed in ball gowns sort of like a Cinderella ball type thing there's music being played it's like a waltz and they are dancing to this waltz I'm there Okay, and sort of like I'm in the room and I'm just kind of observing what's going on and all of a sudden the, the, these two double doors open and the music stops and there's an announcement. All Christians up against the wall and, and all of a sudden I find myself being flung up against the wall like Velcro and there's like 15 Christians out of that room of 200 let's say and we're all up against the wall and the room is round. Okay, it was round, almost like a rotunda type thing. And and then the music changes. There's an announcement. And the music changes as if a queen, royalty, is coming into the room. I turn, we all turn and look. Everybody stops dancing. And Hillary Ronald Clinton, dressed in a white ball gown, laced in gold, and I can still see the detail of it. It's unbelievable. She had a golden crown on her head and a golden scepter in her hand. And as she almost, uh, I don't know what kind of walk you talk, or what you call this, not a curtsy type walk, but you know, it's like a little skip, uh, how do you know what I'm saying? There's a certain way. And as she's walking into the center of the room, the people kind of back up out of the way and let her take the center. She gets in the exact center of the room and she lifts that scepter in the air. And she says, this is the end of Christianity as you know it. And the dream ends. In other words, there's going to be a different kind of Christianity. It's going to be state-run, state-approved. There'll be, and no doubt, there'll be certain words you can't say, like Jesus. Okay? Because that's offensive. There'll be certain things you'll have to tolerate, like the transgender movement, like the gay marriage, and the new change of the uh, sanctity of marriage, the new definition. You will be required uh, to, to not, uh, uh, freedom of speech, you will not be allowed to voice your opinion. You will not be allowed to evangelize. Uh, there's going to be a change. And I can tell you guys, this was so vivid and so real. I woke up, broke up in a sweat. This was the year 2004. And, I, and she was a uh, senator of New York City, or of New York. And I said, dear God, I, I will begin to pray, and I will pray. Don't ever let this happen, Lord, to our country. And I, I pray. So when the year 2008 came, and she announced she was running for president, 
I was just saying, oh my God, oh no, this can't be. And I was sharing this in churches. I mean, it had been, been four years. I was like, pray, pray. Barack Obama, I started to read his credentials, and I realized, oh Lord, have mercy. I mean, which way we're going to go here? So, you know, and then, but Obama won. And when he won, I kind of, uh, you know, said, we dodged a bullet. But I don't know what this is going to mean. And, of course, this seven and a half years has been devastating to this nation and to the world. We could talk about the failed foreign policies of the Middle East, the Arab Spring, which he authored, ISIS, which was created by uh, pulling out of Iraq. And instead of building a base there like we have done in every war, we left uh, enough ar uh, arm armored vehicles and tanks and rocket launchers and $400 million in cash in one vault in Basul. And we just turned loose an army and the butchering of Christians and the overthrowing of, of uh, nations and the chaos in Syria and the migrant chaos now in Europe. All of this was caused by the Obama-Clinton administration. No question about it. And so, but guess what? Hillary's running again. And tonight, as I'm sitting here, she just got nominated. She is one vote away from the White House, the, the dream of 2004, I'm praying to God, does not become the American nightmare. And so, Donald Trump, I just got to throw this out there. Donald Trump, people don't know this, Donald Trump's mother was a prayer warrior, and prayer, an intercessory prayer warrior in the Presbyterian Church years ago. When, and his mother was a praying woman. Donald, from a young age, realized that the power of prayer works. Donald Trump has never dropped, uh, drunk one drop of alcohol in his life. And even though he, he had a rowdy life and a rowdy path, at some point the man woke up. He dedicated his life to Christ and uh, changed political parties and realized that this country was going to hell in a handbasket. And when he chose Mike Pence from Indiana, I'm not saying this because I'm from Indiana, but Mike Pence is a devout Christian. Heidi worked for him when she was working for the state. But he sent letters out to the, each and the individual employee. He always said, I am a Christian. When he uh, spoke the other night, he said, I am a Christian. I am a conservative. I am a Republican in that order. Mike Pence is a praying man. Mike Pence is a God-fearing man, and they're great people. Why in the world did Trump pick this guy? And I kept thinking, well, he's got a, we've got a $2 billion surplus in Indiana, and there's a lot of good things that Mike Pence has done. But what is it about him? Why did he pick him? And the only thing I really see is because the man's a righteous man. The man's a prayer lawyer. And now we're finding out that Trump has asked uh, Franklin Jensen, um, uh, he just asked him to be on his pastoral advisory team, who's a great preacher out of uh, Atlanta, I mean, out of Georgia. He's a powerful pastor. He has got Dr. David Jeremiah now. He's got Dr. James Dobson, Paula White. There's, uh, there's several other pastors. He's building a prayer team. And I kept thinking, what is he doing? And he said to Jensen Franklin, he said, America doesn't need a preacher in the White House. America needs a leader, but that leader needs a lot of preachers praying for him. And, and so I'm beginning to realize that 
God has set this country up for the greatest decision of all time. We're either going to be one nation under God or one or not. And that's, that's a word the Lord gave me two years ago that it was coming and I didn't have any clue who was running. Nobody had announced their candidacy in 2014. I had no idea. But here we are and I'm not saying Donald Trump's the savior. The man's got a million flaws, but so do I. But I am saying Jesus is the way. And if you don't have Christ in the plan, if God is not in the platform, it is destined to be doomed. And the Bible says this, that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. This is the word of God. And so we are at a crossroads. I heard Josh Tolley, Josh Tolley just talked for almost an hour with you guys, and it's a joke. It's a joke, and it's dangerous, the times that we live in. Very much so, Pastor. And I uh, wasn't familiar with the um, religious background that the, uh, the Trump's mother uh, had. And I will say this. Um, you know, many people will debate whether they're, that Trump is, is born again. But at least the man is putting together a team of pastors and people who will be involved and have a say for Christians inside the administration, whereas on the other side with Hillary Clinton, they despise Christianity. They hate Jesus. There you go. And there will be no quarter for the Bible or God's word um, or Jesus himself in a Clinton administration. Um and and that much I know for sure. And when it comes to Trump, um, from what you just said, there is a, a very good possibility. Uh, so that is something that we need to pay attention to. But, um, yeah, what Josh said about the DNC, you know, not having the, the flags there, we see the disrespect from the White House as they refuse to light the White House up in blue after the, the latest police shootings in Baton Rouge, after they lit the White House up for Breast Cancer Awareness Month and for the same-sex marriage uh, decision by the Supreme Court, they are on, this administration has been on the wrong side of every issue since they have been in office. And if Hillary is to win the presidency, it will continue that way. And if Trump is to win the presidency, at least we have a chance of something different. Exactly. I, and I agree with you. I can't look into the heart of Donald Trump. I, I know he's got flaws. I said, you know, look, and uh, he admitted that to some of these pastors. And they, you know, they've said to him, yeah, you, you, you've got to cut down on the swear, on the swearing. You got to, you got to be careful about how you address people. Uh, and, and his thing is, I let the passion overtake me. And I, I do have to, I have to bring this under control. The, the good news is he's going to spiritual leaders and asking them for the prayer and, and asking them to pray for him. And you got Mike Pitts who says every morning if we're elected, there'll be a man in here. I'm going to be praying in the White House every morning and then I'm going to pray that God give the right direction to the man that's in charge. I mean, that's, we don't have that. We haven't had that guys for seven and a half years. We have not had that. We have wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And to your point, when our soldiers are being killed, you know, uh, the flags are not being lowered at half-mast. But when the Supreme Court rules on the same-sex marriage, the, the White House turns rainbow color. 
there's a disrespect to the day of prayer. It's no longer the day of prayer. He changed it to a day of remembrance. He said that we're not one nation under God. He said we're not a Christian nation. And he told us Christians to get off our high horse. And, and our brothers and sisters are being slaughtered in the Middle East due to his failed foreign policy. So, you know, I'm not being political here, guys. I'm just being brutally real, re, being real. This is just real. This is, I'm not being political. I am being biblical. We are dealing with forces of evil, darkness. And uh, I know this may not be politically correct in the Christian world and, and, and what have you, but this is a serious matter. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm, like, I'm just like you, Joe. I know that we have a chance if we vote for freedom. We won't have a chance. This bunch up here, they won't even, they, they walk on the American flag. They won't even put it up. What in the world, what's so American about, there's nothing American about what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at an abomination right now. I'm watching an abomination being force-fed down the throat of the American public, and everybody's been dumbing down so bad that people don't even know what's happening to them. Uh, it's, it's dangerous right now. Very much so. Pastor, we only got about nine minutes left before the top of the hour. I want to ask you, what what's your biggest concern here, aside from the elections and the results, domestically? Um, would you say that the economy is on your radar and most to be worried about? Or would you say the attacks on police officers and the intensification of the racial divide? Um, or ISIS launching terror attacks here on U.S. soil. What, what's on your radar? Wow. Well, they're all on my radar. Everything you just said is. Uh, if I was to put it in a priority, I would, uh, believe it or not, uh, I'm very concerned about a racial divide, a racial war. That, that really does worry me. I pray and I pray and I pray. And I actually met with an African-American pastor down in Annapolis, a couple weeks ago, and he and I did a YouTube video together pleading with the church to not become racist, that the body of Christ cannot be racist. We have to be brothers and sisters. And, I, and, uh, so that isn't important. I'm very, I'm very concerned about that. I'm very concerned about the lack of lawlessness, seriously, the killing of police officers. If we, if you break down law and order, you're done. It's over. You know, so this is a, a very, very huge concern with the police officers. ISIS is a real threat. ISIS is a dangerous threat. The, and here's how ISIS will destroy us. If we don't change our immigration policy and really vet the people coming in from North Africa or the Middle East, if we don't really tighten this thing up, then we are destined for destruction internally. And apparently, uh, based on what I'm looking at, the election will decide which way we go. And this is critical. I mean, I, it's just unbelievably critical. ISIS is a major, major concern. And financially, I would put forth. And the reason is, um, at the end of the day, America still has some tremendous resources. I mean, anything can be manufactured but as you just saw, when, when the British pulled out of the EU, um, their economy has jumped. Their, their, 
they are they've had a resurgence because they know now they're not going to get drugged out by some of the other nations that are in the European Union that are broke, busted, and disgusted. America has to see this and make the same policy adjustments to prevent anything like that tearing us down. And so again, if we keep sending money, giving it to the United Nations, millions, I'm talking billions of dollars, keep throwing it to foreign aid everywhere, keep the, the cronyism, I mean, it, it'll break us. We're $19 trillion in debt. We have to stop that. And Start using the resource. Don't have to tax the American public. Matter of fact, Indiana cut taxes and has a $2 billion surplus. It isn't. It's how it's spent. I mean, these, these guys are killing me. Cut, cut some of the fat out. Cut out all the hands in the cookie jar. Quit giving it away to foreign nations. Stop giving it to that abomination there, the United Nations. Shut that building down, by the way. Just shut it down. Make it a, uh, a housing for... Uh, low-income people. Just you have some use with that building for once. I mean, shut it down. It's the it's it's the headquarters of the Illuminati. So I know I, I sound like I'm radical, but I'm, I'm just trying to wake people up and understand that uh, I, uh, I would say I'm still very concerned about a a racial war. I, I hate to even say it, but that's right now number one. Amen. I I, I totally agree with you. You know, isn't it something that uh, uh, many people, the majority of Americans, believe Obama to be black. Of, of course, you know his he's Arab, not black, um, in terms of his his makeup. Uh, but but um, but most people don't get that. But the fact is, he perceived to be black in the White House eight years, and race race relations are, are the worst they've been uh, since yeah. the uh, '60s. You know, it, it's it's an amazing. Situation, not according to Obama. Well, yeah, of course, of course, everything's rosy. <laughs> yeah, everything's rosy with Obama. But you know, pastor, the number one, you go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go uh, ahead, sir. No, I'm just saying you, you're you're exactly right. Uh, everything that we're we're being told by this lamestream media, which is they're in on the take, they're in. They are nothing more than state-run media propaganda machine for the new world order. And that's why they're losing their views. That's why their viewing is going down. Well, our shows like yours and mine and many other alternative media, the reason our shows are all growing is because people are tired of being lied to and they're looking for the truth. So, you know, the truth will set you free, the truth will make you free. So we got to keep doing what we're doing. Amen. And congratulations on you know a hundred million or rough almost uh, views on YouTube. I mean, an incredible presence on YouTube. One of the most popular and uh, mm-hmm. uh, right on pastors in the world. Uh, big YouTube presence, big media presence. Pastor Paul Begley. Just want to say thank you. We're actually you've actually. Uh, We've actually gone through an hour tonight. And you know, again, folks, tomorrow night, or tomorrow, or, yeah, Thursday, we're going to be in Indiana, Indianapolis. If you're within a couple hours drive, come on and join us. Pastor Paul Begley will buy you lunch. <laughs> or, or, no. <laughs> well, we provided so much, so we would definitely provide you with some infra- uh, refreshments. So I'll definitely will. There you go. Okay. But it'll be great. So, um, Nobles will Indiana, 
Thursday, two tapings of the coming apocalypse. We are so delighted, so honored that, that, to, that you would ask us. And we can't wait, and we would invite everyone to go hagmanhagman.com. You can't miss it. I mean, it, it'll blind you when you get there at Hag, or hagmanreport.com, I should say. And there it is. Just click on it. Get your tickets. Come. Come see Pastor Paul Begley, despite or in spite of us being there, Pastor Paul Begley. <laughs> you know, uh, God bless you, my friend. I mean, really, Joe, you're, you're the man. Joe, you and Doug, it's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we just we're honored you guys are coming. We are truly honored, and we're going to show you a little who's your hospitality when you come. I can't wait. Absolutely, looking forward to it. It's going to be great, and, and all, all the people jealous out there, they. Want to meet you? You know, I, I just uh, we'll bring. We'll Tell them to come pictures. on, come on! I would love yeah. for all the Hagman listeners. I mean, if, if, folks, if you're living within eight hours of this, look. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, if you're in Louisville, Kentucky, if you're in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, if you're in Peoria, Illinois, if you're in Chicago, Illinois, if you're in Nashville, Tennessee, drive up. There. You know what happened uh, when we did Rust Disco? We had a guy drive all the way from California. We wow. had ten states. We had people from ten states. So come on, drive on in uh, and, and enjoy the the, the the beauty of Indiana and have a great time Thursday morning. And then, if you want to, folks, then on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm holding a summer fire at our home church up in northern Indiana. People are coming from all over the country and Canada, and we're going to be baptizing people each day, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning plus I'll provide you with if you're coming from town I will provide you with a free breakfast on Saturday free dinner on Saturday night and a free huge Sunday afternoon dinner after church I mean this I'm telling you we will give you some Hoosier hospitality so come join wow. us wow yeah it's on your website uh uh, Pastor, it's it's on. Uh, obviously, I'm telling you this, right? No, it, it, I, that sounds. <laughs> no, I'm glad you're telling me because I didn't even know it was on my website. Uh, yeah, I didn't keep track of. Yeah, there, there, there's right right below the uh, television is that uh, countdown for that event, and and that sounds okay. wonderful. Oh my goodness, what a what a great what you're you're just doing such great work, and I just want to say thank you. Thank your lovely wife as well, and you know it'll be great to meet you in person tomorrow night. And, you know, I have to say it's—I have to say it's not me, guys. I tell you, the, the people who are supporting our ministry, they—they're—they're uh, they're the ones that make it happen because they've been faithful, and God can—the job gets done. So we appreciate all of them. Pastor, God bless you. Thank you for taking your time out tonight. Thank your lovely wife for us as well for this sure sacrifice of your time. And we will see you tomorrow. Yes, we will. Are you serious? The Hagman's coming to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Can't oh, wait, Pastor. Thanks right. for your time. That was Pastor Paul Begley. The Paul PaulBegleyProphecy.com, yes. The Coming Apocalypse. Uh, what a man. What a great man. What a great family. What a great message. What a great show he's got. Absolutely. Folks, we'll be right back with uh, in our third hour with Stan Dale. It just and the new book from Holly, Prophetic Peril. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Um.
or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this segment of the Hagman Hagman Report. Portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. Visit AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. They've got non-GMO, long-term storable foods, less than fifty cents per serving. AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com and HealthMasters.com. HealthMasters.com. Don't forget, we have to take care of ourselves. That's why I'm purple sticked up and B12, and you know. Uh, daily multiple great products at healthmasters.com tonight this segment right now uh, i'm so excited because uh, stan dale is joining us but i'm excited because he was, uh, stan dale was on coast to coast am last night with george nori and I, I i missed that i i was actually sleeping um but but but, oh, there uh, you. but, but you know what i'm going to be listening uh, because if you go to standale.com you, you'll see you can listen to hour one and hour two off of uh, uh standale.com plus I'm excited because we got a package today, and folks, it's right here, set, taking center stage, prophetic perils. It's out, and if you go to standale.com, the George Norrie special, 25% off, all Stan and Hollydale books, DVDs and CDs, enter the coupon code on the shopping cart, which was announced during the Coast to Coast AM show. So listen to that show, get the coupon code, and the special savings there ends the night, 31st of July. By the way... Um, Prophetic Perils, End Times, Events Revealed. This book is worth its weight, and it's weighty, of course. It's the finished project that demanded so much of Holly's time. Uh, I mean, 12, 14-hour days to get this done, uh, to research and to write for the past 18 months. It was, uh, it, it, it was just... You can, when you, when you read through this book, Prophetic Perils, here it is, folks. When you read through this, you can tell the quality of the information and the accuracy. And, you know, people today, right now, they're waiting for the, uh, some event to happen, the sort of Damocles to fall. Others expect the, uh, more of an unraveling that brings great upheaval. And others anticipate enlightenment. Uh, some speak of a great cleansing, whatever the point of view. 
everyone, unless they're, you know, again, suffering from rectal cranial inversion, uh, are, are, are seeing that, uh, there's something coming. And those expecting, those expected changes can be summed up as the end times events. Now, that doesn't mean that the world is going to blow up and, you know, we're all going to be dust, nor does it pretend that man's, man's extinction. But it does signal a, a major change. Prophetic perils, end times events revealed, takes the end time signs, matches them to the first trickles of these signposts several decades ago to the current events of today. It's in this book. There it is. I'm going to shut up and wow. bring, you know, Stan on and, and, uh, well, we'll talk about a few of the things in there as the evening goes on. Um, there's, as you will testify, with 20 chapters, it's absolutely jam-packed with information that is critical to understanding what's happening around the world now and what will be happening soon. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of turn out books, you know, like a, a rabbit mill, you know, just turn the crank and out comes another book. But when you look at them, a lot of them are printed uh, with larger type, uh, larger space between the sentences and a lot of white space around the edges to make it look like a thick book full of goody. As you can see with Holly's book, there's no such thing as wasted space. She's pushed it right to the limit, you know, for the white space around it and spacing in the letters. And, you know, it. she had to cram everything into 536 pages with about, what, 1,588 footnotes documenting everything so you can use it as a, a really accurate uh, witness tool to people who think uh, it, you know things are going as usual and uh, there's just so many things in there I mean like uh, prophecies of um, uh, like Branham and uh, uh, Wilkerson and uh, Dudeman and about three or four others relating to the United States in these times which of course is near and dear to all of us and that may not be the most uplifting uh, chapter, but uh, what they have jointly kind of prophesied for America is the common factor is collapse, you know, imminent collapse. And what I think it was Branham uh, back in 19, gosh, what was it, 35, 40, somewhere where he, he had the, the dream vision, talking about a, well, he, he called it a beautiful woman, uh, will take over the United States and absolutely destroy it. She'll be evil and terrible. And um, so I'm, I'm having a little difficulty trying to relate that to, say, you know, the current Democratic nominee, um, <laughs> beautiful woman. But anyway, the other part of it I can I can relate to. But Branham himself said the woman he saw might have been symbolic as the Catholic Church uh, taking over the United States being evil. But I don't know. I, I certainly see this election going south as far as Christians are concerned. One way or another, it's a terrible time, isn't it? Well, exciting time, <clears throat> and and one that uh, we have to always, we have to keep our sobriety and, and keep a watch. And, and I think um, Prophetic Perils really lays out that in, in good form. So, yeah, it, it's something that, uh, and, and that's why, you know, Stan, we love having you on and, and talking about the different uh, the different events taking place, the, the the different things that we're you know we should be watching for, and we are watching, and you're watching, and we're watching you watch, and you know, <laughs> you know, um, one of the, uh, the last chapters she was writing, uh, or in the book chapter 19 about the thinning veil, she's talking about the that thin barrier between.
between the parallel universe where evil dwells and our universe, and then of course there is the universe above all that, which is parallel to us, which is where God dwells. Um, you know, there are at least three levels to heaven, maybe seven, but um, if we understand prophecy correctly, what she's writing about there is that pretty soon we're probably going to be able to see uh, demonic characters, like kind of thin, ghosty-looking things that uh, are in their universe parallel to us, right next to us, but not quite able to get across to us physically uh, at the moment. But that day is, is coming. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen anything, you know, lurking in the gardens, but I've heard reports of uh, these black shadow characters, you know, and uh, we've all heard the, characters, the stories about the little greys and the hybrid uh, human children with black eyes and stuff. This may be due to, you know, beings crossing over into our world. Um, but we are very close. We're just very close to the world erupting into a violent uh, confrontation on many fronts, uh, collapse of the world economy, um, earthquakes increasing, volcanoes are threatening, uh, all this, and it will make people cry out for stability, for peace and safety. And I hear that line come out in various ways through political campaigns and, you know, uh, news reports and stuff saying uh, we need, what we need is peace and security or well, safety. They use different words, but same thing. And I, I recall the scriptures say that when they shall cry out peace and safety, does that mean give us peace and safety or ah, peace and safety, but at that moment is sudden destruction upon them. And the United States, as Holly points out in the uh, the book, is uh, it needs to be weakened greatly you know, militarily and uh, economically before, say, Russia or an Arab alliance or, or you know, Gog Magog eventually, but before anyone can attack Israel, because America, even though we've got a weak White House, still uh, will do some sort of defense of Israel against its enemies uh, for who knows what reasons. It won't be for the right reasons. It'll probably be economic things. But anyway, that situation means that we see that the Middle East just coming to a fever pitch. Uh, gosh, what, four or five weeks back, I started talking on the show about young Prince um, Mohammed bin Salman and how he formed this Arab consortium. Well, Holly addresses this consortium in the book as the consortium of Arab countries that will attack Israel and be utterly devastated. They, they'll still retain some of their property in Saudi Arabia, the southern half of the country, but the northern half and parts of Iraq and stuff are all going to belong to, and Jordan will belong to Israel, the original borders that God gave them. She covers that uh, in one of the chapters there. Um, and that must happen before, you know, the, the Antichrist uh, appears on the scene and uh, the false prophet and then eventually the Gog-Magog War, which will be more uh, like Russia and uh, Turkey and uh, Germany and um, the stands, you know, Afghanistan and, you know, yeah, Kazakhstan and all those over there, the stands, as she calls them in the book. Um, so with with the, the uncertainty, with the instability in the Middle East around Israel and the, and the Palestinian thing and the need for a solution uh, to the... Uh, differences between the Palestinians and the Israeli
thinking about, you know, Prince Solomon, how if he were the Antichrist, you know, he'll have a short run if he is, because that's the first beast, as I understand uh, prophecy in, in the book of the Revelation. And if he is wounded, uh, you know, and near death or appears to die and then is born, you know, kind of lives again, um, that must be at the time when he attacks Israel with that Arab consortium or sometime around there. And if he gets knocked off his perch that quick, then the real strength of the bad Antichrist type thing will be the false prophet, second beast, in other words, who makes an image to the first one, you know, the uh, great, you know, uh, leader trying to do the right thing and organizing the Arab countries. And certainly that could be uh, young Prince Salman. But I don't think that he will have as much power after that as the the, uh, the second beast. And that might be somebody like uh, Erdogan over in Turkey, who I am sure uh, was aware of the coup attempt long before it manifested and probably even whispering somebody's ear to make it happen so that he could get what he's been after for a couple of years over there, absolute, total authoritarian power over the over Turkey and its people. So he's going to be a real solid, long-time playing strength in the um, uh, old Roman Empire there. You know, uh, Istanbul is kind of where east meets west in the old uh, uh, western and eastern Roman legs uh, of the, the empire. Anyway, I, I digress, but um, th- these things are covered in her book, um, and map, you know, map showing how uh, the new property will be distributed uh, as best people can estimate uh, after Israel recovers or, or beats its enemies in the Arab Consortium, and it, it's going to be a lot more property, and so solving the Palestinian issue might just be something like, okay, we've taken over the northern desert of Saudi Arabia, go live there. <laughs> I, I don't know what it will be, but um, certainly there will be a lot more property to give or assign to the Palestinians to get out of trouble. You know, get out of this disagreement, whether or not it will happen or not, it's another thing, but there will be real estate that could be used for that there. Um, and and Ali also covers things about you know, in the United States, about cities that are in trouble financially. Um, the uh, uh, in relation to what Perry Stone's vision had said too about what was going to happen to America, and uh, she listed, I think I've got about twelve of them here, all twelve of them. Yes, uh, cities that have already filed for bankruptcy protection in the United States. Now, that in itself is pretty interesting. In other words, these cities are bankrupt. Um, about four of the first 12 are in California. Vallejo, Stockton, Mammoth Lake, San Bernardino, and then you go over to Pennsylvania to Harrisburg, Rhode Island, over the other side there's Central uh, Central Falls, Idaho, Boise uh, County, um, Michigan, Detroit's bankrupt. That's getting closer to you guys. Jefferson mm-hmm. County, Alabama, Pritchard, Alabama. Uh, and those are, are you know, already just in bankruptcy, which means that their police force, their fire uh, fighters, their fire equipment, uh, the hospitals, hospital equipment, all kinds of civil services, you know, municipal services, are going to be thin on the ground, and people are going to get angry about this. And if our summers keep being as hot as this one, people are going to be irritable and easy to inflame. Uh, 
California it kind of dominates. It's San Diego and Bell, California are facing bankruptcy now. Scranton, Pennsylvania is. Let's see who are some of the other recognized. Gary, Indiana. And then uh, additional cities that are possibly in trouble, including Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Diego, San Jose, San Francisco, Baltimore, Maryland, Chicago, Illinois, Cincinnati, Ohio, Honolulu, Hawaii. All of these cities are on the verge of financial collapse, and this does not make for stability in the community. And you can see it's like a breeding ground for uh, protest groups, for terrorism, domestic terrorism, for people just, you know, finally say they've had enough. I want food, I want work, or, you know, and riots to start. So this is really, really close. We can, this year, between, you know, between now and the end of this year, oh, I just see, you know, from what she's written and what I've read as well, that we're we're facing real serious trouble in this country. Yeah, we are on a, on a number of different fronts. And Stan, if we can kind of switch gears here, I would okay, like to sorry. talk about the the weather situation that we have in the country right now. I just wanted to know a little bit about a little bit more about this heat dome for one, and the potential that this has. Uh, if any, to affect our winter. And two, I, I read an article recently about the lack of hurricanes that we've had in the United States over the last nine to ten years. Now, they also said in the article that due to um, some of the record heat that we've been seeing, that sea surface temperatures and water temperatures are higher than normal, making for uh, a perfect storm, if you will, when it comes to hurricanes. Uh, I know you keep track of the, of the weather and whatnot. Do you see the potential for a much harsher hurricane season in America? Potential, yes. Uh, there's a lot of factors that um, are involved in trying to answer that. Certainly when you have the, the tremendous heat uh, localization buildup that we're seeing, um, this creates updrafts, it creates uh, moisture flows that are abnormal. Uh, when you have an abnormal uh, temperature zone like that, um, if if the solar wind is stable, we might be able to say yes. The standard hurricane season will be, you know, perhaps greater, and in the locations where it should be, you know, down around Florida and off the Mexican coast on the the western side of the state. But um, the sun is not stable. The sun is. Uh, doing some very erratic things. It's supposed to be quiet now. And you'll see a day or two in a row, you'll see no sunspots at all. And, and this has happened before, but uh, we're seeing more little short bursts of this in this particular cycle, no sunspots. And then all of a sudden, you'll have massive coronal mass ejections and flares like we've had in the last uh, five days off the sun. I mean, I've got an animation here I pulled down from the uh, Soho site, and uh, goodness gracious, it looked like a kettle boiling and spraying, you know, gases and, and, and flares and flashes everywhere. It uh, when you, you speed it up so you can see the, the, the uh, many hours in a few seconds, but it is abnormal, and that affects our weather and the potential for hurricanes. So are we going to have, you know, a, a, a bad hurricane season? It is very possible. But I'm not a trained meteorologist, so don't, you know, run to the cupboard and, you know, start throwing things in a bag and head for the hills yet. Mm. But do prepare anyway. I think we're going to see uh, a lot of um, 
here. And there are a few other hot spots that, that Holly shows in the maps in the uh, Prudent Places CD-ROM. But um, uh, I've been watching the lightning here. Uh, longer, brilliant uh, streaks, streamers across the outsides of the clouds and going cloud to cloud. In fact, here in Colorado, just, oh gosh, a week ago, uh, two women were just doing you know, normal life outside of some store there, and, and, and lightning hit the woman. She had to some kind of a conductor in her hand, like um, copper or something. I forget what she was holding in the news article, but it uh, it uh, burned her severely, you know, of course, and, and uh, damaged her nervous system. Lightning just came down out of the sky and hit her. So they're now making, you know, periodic announcements during the storms that we've been getting here that if you can hear thunder, you're close enough to get hit by lightning, even if the storm is 15 miles away, because it will mm-hmm. go to the edge of the cloud formation and drop the lightning bolts there. It's not necessarily all inside the cloud and underneath it. It's on the leading and trailing edges you'll see this. So if they're warning people here, it means that they're seeing, what I'm seeing is that we're seeing an increase in the electrical storms. Um, and that's not even a CME, that's just electrical storms. Uh, that brings flooding, that brings strong winds, tornadoes, hurricanes. And so I'm going to be watching, like everyone else that's interested in this, what is happening over the next few months. Can Can you describe, uh, to the best of your ability, the difference in dangers uh, between regular thunderstorms and, and the lightning they produce versus heat lightning? And, and normal lightning, you're saying? Yeah, versus heat lightning. Yeah, I've wondered about that too. You, you know, because we've been having a lot of heat lightning here, and it's going without to increase. Clouds. Yeah, without clouds. Yes, and my yeah, mom used. To, I remember when I was young, my mom. I used to ask about this. Oh, that's heat lightning, and yeah, what's the difference? I'm sorry. Well, the they're both electrical discharges. Um, with the storms, with clouds. You have water droplets that are the charge carriers, which uh, build up the difference in, in the charge within the cloud to, relative to another cloud or from that cloud to the ground, vice versa. And that makes a very kind of um, juicy, strong, you know, brilliant uh, lightning discharge. Now, dry heat lightning is going to uh, be generated by the movement of thermal currents of air rather than water. And uh, as far as I understand, uh, in the past, dry lightning or heat lightning is less um, less energy in it than the the normal uh, rain cloud type lightning because it doesn't have the mass of charge carrier, uh, carriers that a water droplet system does. It's got just dust and uh, air molecules being moved upward in these thermals and generating the charge difference. So I think in the main, if you, I don't know whether you've been watching it or not, but the the heat lightning is thinner and not quite so violent, isn't it? Yeah. And it seemed to be more, uh, very little uh, ground, uh, air-to-ground lightning. It's mostly in the sky. Right. Still pretty impressive, but... um, it's just that it doesn't have. Uh, I'm trying to put this in in, uh, in plain speak instead of Ambridge and, and Watson, whatever. But it just doesn't have the oomph that lightning in the uh, rain cloud storms does, because the the rain cloud lightning is generated by much larger amounts of mass in the form of water molecules rather than air, which is much lighter. Okay. That makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. And uh, I don't know where you want to go from here, but while we were talking about the, the heat dome and the uh, increased temperatures here in the United States, um, do you have any tips or advice for people who have gardens who are concerned that the heat might uh, kill their cro- crops prematurely? Yeah, well, we're facing the same thing here. This year has been, uh, in Colorado here, uh, really bad, really anomalous, in that we have seen the heat uh, over a much longer period of days in a row, uh, rather than getting up to, say, like 120 and then going back to cool over a couple of days later. This is like in the hundreds and a little bit over, stretching out over weeks. Well, what we're seeing is that... Um, tomatoes, uh, peppers, a lot of other crops are growing smaller fruits because of the heat. Uh, can't take the heat, you know, constant heat without letting up, and there's not enough rain. Um, birds, uh, insects, uh, you know, worms and uh, beetles and this kind of stuff are just plaguing the place. I mean, everybody we talk to is saying they're having trouble. So what do we do? Uh Hang on, I guess, is the best word. We've been going out and, and killing some of the stuff, uh, grasshoppers and, and uh, squash beetles and things by hand and, and by poisons where we could. The birds are driving us nuts in the in the uh, orchard here. We, uh, we've we lost all of our pears. Uh, you know, they've just stripped those trees. Between them and the wind, uh, it, it's gone. Uh, we've got, uh, like, uh, we're trying to protect our peach trees and, and plums with netting. But the little devils, they, they get through all the nets that you clip together. They're finding ways to get through and get into our, our trees. It's a daily ritual in the morning. Get out there with the, the sticks and go shaking the trees, you know, through the net. And then opening up one side of the net and chasing the birds out, the little finches and stuff like that. Um, today, I didn't get out there in time and wanted to accidentally kill himself in the net. He hung himself somehow or another. But we've never had this problem before in this number. I mean, it's just unbelievable chaos in the animal world and in the vegetable world. Advice? Um, try to get some shade cloth, I guess, and shade your your crops. If you've got um, like uh, raised garden beds, if you have uh, you know plowed fields or you know acreage that you're doing, it's uh, going to be very expensive to do that. I just, you know, I don't know whether people can afford to do that even. Interesting. All right. So, as I see it, I mean, even here in the Northeast, I mean, looking at this kind of a, from a cruising altitude, if you will, um, we're, this summer, I mean, so someone described this summer weather-wise as being a great summer, except, you know, we're not getting a lot of rain, um, but, but but certainly, a, you know, one of a pleasant, somewhat hot summer. But behind that perceived um, nice weather comment, I guess. We're looking at, uh, in my view anyway, we're looking at some sort of bad cause for this, right? I mean, I mean, this isn't right. Or is this just a normal, you know, hey, this happens, it's summer, it's going to get hot. I guess Look, it, yeah, go ahead. This is the worst weather, the most chaotic and uh, strange weather I've seen in 20 years here where we are. And, uh, the neighbors and uh, old-timers here say, yeah, this is very unusual because so many things are going wrong. I mean, with the insects and the the uh, birds and the wildlife, and it's just screwy. It really is. This heat dome that, that uh, Joe's mentioning 
Kansas and Arkansas area, kind of north of there, uh, there's a clockwise circulation underneath this dome, which is uh, exacerbating the, uh, the the summer thunderstorms. It, it, we're seeing some really violent ones because of this trapped kind of, uh, it's not like an inverse layer so much, I don't guess, it's just a trapped dome of air that's circulating in its own little thing. It's like, you know, doing its thing and not being dependent of, of, of interacting with the rest of the world's uh, uh, prevailing weather system. It's it's the dominant player. And, you know, once it sets up into this self-containing, you know, slow-spinning uh, vortex uh, forming a dome of heat, it is kind of self-exciting. Uh, it, it causes uh, water to evaporate and spin up, and then it cools off, and it it causes storms, and then they move eastward with the prevailing wind. Um, it's uh, it, it's just unusual. I think the, the good Lord is kind of really kind of irritated with Americans. Uh, I can't see it any other way. It's just too anomalous. Got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, yeah. Signs in the heavens and the earth, and so. A few weeks back, did I talk to you about the Monoceros eight six eight star? It exploded. No, I mean, if you did, I I don't recall that. No, I would no, and I would recall that. Explain okay. that. Okay. Um, if you go to our show images page and click on that uh, green picture of Atlantis, it'll take you over to the sub page I generated for um, Coast to Coast last night, and then scroll down to image number thirty nine and image number forty. Uh, this is something that fits in with biblical prophecy, in my opinion, really uh, well. And it may be what's happening to our son. Um, you know, I know that mainstream science has not yet come to the understanding uh, of what a young universe we have. They still talk in billions of years rather than hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands. But what they have seen in this particular star, out in the Monoceros cluster of stars, it's uh, the 868th uh, oh, uh, variable star in that in that uh, group of stars. In in uh, the space of let's see, one, two, three, in the space of two years, they filmed this over in the European Space Agency. They filmed that star blowing off a shell of dust and cloud, and that shell and dust going through its own planets, if it hasn't, out into space. And there's actually an animation of it, which I share in, in slide 40. There you can click on that and see it animated as this star explodes. But it leaves a red giant in the middle you know, where it used to be. Now, normally you think, ah, oh, red giant, it moves out, it consumes all of its planets, it's a terrible hot thing. But they found out something is wrong because... When it, uh, the cloud moved out through the, its uh, outer uh, edges of that star system, of the 868 star, uh, the red giant that formed was cool. It wasn't hot. And it still defies scientific explanation to this day as to how you can have a red giant that is cool. Now, in Ezekiel 32.7 it says, And when I shall put thee out, I will cover the heaven and make the stars thereof dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. Now, uh, Revelation 6.12, the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. Revelation 
Revelation 8.12, the third part of the sun was smitten. Now, it then goes on to say, of course, the light of the moon uh, became as blood. Uh, the third part of the stars were darkened. The day shone not for the third part of it, etc., etc. Now, this cloud could be what is about to happen to our sun. Now, the, the Monoceros event may happen here. And since it can be a cool red giant type thing, um, expect anything. And because the sun is so irregular at the moment, and it, since 1992 has been putting out new kinds of ultraviolet frequencies and things, I think we should be very careful because we know the sun is going to get so hot for a period of time. Um, whether Christians are here or not, it's debatable, but it's going to get so hot that men will hide in caves and, and want the rocks to fall and hide them from the face of the Almighty who has created this heat. Uh, even the Hopi Indians are expecting this several-week period of very, very hot uh, sunlight. And, uh, you know, when they say that the light of the sun is like seven times what it would normally be, uh, that's that's pretty intense, even if it's ultraviolet. It's very intense, and you want to be out of it. So this is something that caught my attention. Now, if you click on that uh, that uh, picture 39, you can see what I've just told you, the, the scriptures and the official explanation of the 838th variable star in Monoceros. Yeah. Very interesting. It is. It, it's, uh, yeah. it allows us to see how prophecy can happen. And I see the, the scripture in here. It does in, in scripture talk about, um, I think it's in Isaiah, how the sun will, and it's also in the book of Enoch, how the sun will, um, become seven times brighter and the moon will also become brighter as well. Uh, but then it will also become dark as sackcloth and yes. hair. You see what I'm saying? So there's Absolutely, which comes yeah. first, the sackcloth, and then the brightness, or what? Uh, from my from the my understanding, the brightness comes. The sun becomes brighter. The moon becomes brighter uh, sevenfold, and then the uh, three days of darkness happens. Yeah. Um, as it says, a wicked and adulterous generation seek a sign, and no sign will be given except for that of the prophet Jonah, who was in the, the belly of the whale for three days. Well, I think you're right. I, I think it will get bright, and then it will throw off a shell. I've been telling people to look for that, because I think that we're seeing little warning signs of the amount of CMEs and flares that we're seeing in the last... Uh, half of this uh, 24 solar sunspot cycle um, and this is how it's going to happen I'm pretty sure because it does say without a doubt I will cover the sun with a cloud and by the way Holly does cover that in the uh, not not this particular star but the, the fact that there are problems with the sun which are fulfilling prophecy yeah absolutely and prophecy seems to be um, being fulfilled in many different ways uh, from the earth changes to the um, you know what, what we're told in Matthew 24 uh, and then to this the volcano activity that we see uh, Stan do you have any updates on uh, increased volcano activity happening around the world well uh, around the world, yeah, there are two super uh, volcanoes that I'm uh, watching closer now. Uh, one of them, of course, is Yellowstone, and the other is the Lake Tahoe.
magma pool underneath uh, the northern part of the island near White Island, which is uh, a volcano, which they call the Zipper Volcano, because once it erupts, they, before they even found this magma pool, they knew that once it erupt, erupted, it would cause a chain reaction, unzipping the North Island through Ruapeo South, uh, Rotorua South of it, then Ruapeo and Lake Taupo, which are all together. And uh, there are there are creeping signs of temperature variations increases in Lake Taupo, and with this magma thing, they're, they're saying that uh, we may see an eruption down there, uh, and if it does erupt, it will be huge and take out probably half, if not three quarters, of North Island. So I'm watching that uh, as you know we get the news reports, the quake reports, and the magma updates, um, and that that's that's one area now. The smaller volcanoes around the planet certainly do seem to be becoming more active. Yellowstone is interesting in that if you go to that uh, that website, isthisthingon.org, Yellowstone, and get the thumbnail pictures of all of the seismographs uh, that are placed around, uh, the public ones anyway, around the Yellowstone uh, Caldera, Yellowstone Park, you'll find there are about 29, I think, that they publish all the time. Uh, yesterday, I counted half of those showing the, the intense, um, well, harmonic vibration in them. Now, they're like little quakes. Uh, it's like if you take um, um, uh, a rubber eraser and uh, push it against something kind of slick, but you're trying to move across that surface, pushing the rubber uh, in the eraser, and you'll feel that jerking motion as it grabs and then it holds and it grabs and goes and you know it's kind of a jerky motion and if you apply the same pressure same angle to that and try to move across this uh, flat table surface you'll you'll see that it goes dut, 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 with a regular pattern a harmonic pattern you know equally spaced reasonably so and I'm seeing this in the seismic uh, graphs that are occurring I'm looking at them as I speak uh, you know they're being updated every uh, few minutes and I've noticed that 12 of those 29 are very busy. Now, in April, about the 4th of April this year, they they went to a new type of seismic recorder, publicly anyway. Instead of the long ones that used to be multicolored, they've got short blue ones that are harder to read. But if you click on these, like Madison River, you'll see these little uh, shakings that occur, which is where the, the lines get... Uh, taller and then shorter, taller, shorter, little, like just a normal sine wave so it's all compressed. And I'm seeing in Madison River signs of harmonic tremors, which occurs usually when magma is moving through cool tubes and getting stuck on the edge of the tubes that it's moving up and it's going like that, kind of jerky motion. And there's there at Madison River on the west side of Yellowstone. There's Old Faithful is showing this. The uh, Lake Wyoming uh, seismic recorder is showing it. I'm just going through all these. Uh, Flag Ranch, the southern part of, of uh, the park, uh, Hawks Rest. Now, you can get on these things and click on any of these seismic recorders, and it'll bring up the, 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 the uh, seismic event right now in front of you, so you can see it you know, every few minutes changing. But you can also click on the history of the calendar above any of these, and it will show you for the any time period you want, but uh, the default is the last three weeks. And when you do, you'll see an interesting thing. These harmonic vibrations, like many earthquakes, uh, M-I-N-I, many earthquakes, 
is occurring between about noon and 9.30 at night. And in the mornings, in the early morning hours, late to night, you know, say from about 10 o'clock to about 3 or 4 in the morning, it's quiet. So why is this happening in the daylight hours uh, into, uh, you know, very early evening? Uh, I don't have an answer for that, but something unusual is happening there. So that's the update I've got for you on Yellowstone and uh, Lake uh, Taupo. Uh, the other volcanoes, um, each has its own peculiarities, and uh, but I see this as stresses in the mantle being manifest in the form of magma, you know, leaking into the, into the volcanoes, and whether they're violently erupting or whether they're just... Uh, kind of making noises about it, trumpeting sounds, as the Bible says, uh, it's still uh, an interesting change in the volcanic environment. Earthquakes are also kind of being interesting in places. I mean, we had one here uh, today in Colorado that's uh, um, north of us, which normally you think would be done Trinidad, some of the mining, but this was up on the border to Utah, just inland a bit from that, um, at Grand Junction. Um, and there's not even a fault line there. So we're seeing more and more of these earthquakes in places where we don't know about fault lines being there, even though that might be a risk area. There's no known fault line. Both things are increasing. Interesting, very interesting. And oh, I had some interesting stats in that book. I mean, if, uh, you, I think if you just go to the the index at the front of it, it says earthquakes, chapter two, volcanoes, earthquakes. Chapter three: Tornadoes, wildfires, weird weather grows wilder. That's just the first uh, mm, chapter two through chapter six, and then science in the heavens and science in the sun. We were even talking about, but that's uh, she gives you hard uh, maps there. You know, like uh, what percent uh, say like for um, destructive and dangerous earthquakes since 1950 to about uh, 2016. Uh, uh, my estimate here is uh, almost 300% increase in the last 64 years in uh, destructive and dangerous earthquakes. 300%. It's 286% exact. But anyway, she's got that in the book. And then in the next chapter, she talks about the increase in volcanic eruptions over the last, um, say, from 1855 to 2014 when the stats were released. And even that shows a 200% increase in significant volcanoes on a straight line you know, uh, mean uh, average going to where we are now. It's just not letting up. In fact, in 2012, uh, there was a real spike in it where it was about uh, 900% over what it was in 1855. Definitely something to read. Absolutely. And I just wanted to, uh, I found that Bible verse about the sun. It's in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 26 which it says, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days, in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. So right there we have the uh, scripture, Isaiah 30, uh, verse 26. So these things are real, and the groundwork is obviously, uh, you know, it's laid, and it's it's starting to form these uh, events that uh, we can expect. Stan, if we could go back to geopolitics, I see here, uh, now Germany had a few separate terror attacks in the last week, 
we saw the uh, many terrorist attacks that's happened in in France, and Europe seems to be continuing to be plagued by these terror attacks. In in doing so, in France and now in Germany, German officials called for a change uh, in the constitution after. The Munich shootings call for gun control and military on the streets. Paris has issued a state of an emergency, a state of emergency. We also know that the failed military coup in Turkey has warranted a three month martial law. Is this going to be par for the course? You get a country that has, um, uh, you know, terror attacks, one or two or three, some large scale, some medium scale, I, I guess, regardless of the size. Um, is this the new de- uh, democracy uh, by taking away the constitutional rights of citizens? Well, let's face it, they've been trying to take our guns away here, and they tried it in Australia, but they're, they're still having to allow people to own weapons there. Um, the When the average citizen in your democracy is armed and can defend himself against its government if it goes astray, this is not the best of, of plans as far as a new world order and control over the populace. They want to. They want to do that. They want to blame these terror attacks on too many guns around, and probably one of the reasons the uh, ISIS type terror attacks that have hit uh, Germany and France and various other places recently, uh, and, and Florida. Probably the reason that this is not widespread here in the states yet is they have to deal with an armed populace. When you have countries and, and states that don't have, uh, people don't have the right to keep and bear arms or, you know, not to carry, and they have to hide their ammunition in one place, lock up their gun in another part, and the trigger in another place. When you have that kind of control, then it's like uh, a gun-free zone, in essence, to people that want to create these attacks. I think we can expect a lot more of this, and uh, certainly the way the... Uh, administration is, and it probably it will continue with uh, the woman that's in charge of the, uh, you know, or is the candidate at the moment, Hillary. Um, they will go for our guns. Hillary is a big anti-gun ownership woman, and that's going to precipitate a lot of problems here. Absolutely. It's actually come out where Hillary's uh, aides and, and staff in an undercover video, they were caught talking about gun control and saying, you know, they're going to have to lay out some common sense uh, gun control with the uh, bottom line of banning or, or, you know, coming against the Second Amendment in the long run. And they said, you know, you just can't come out and say we want to ban guns. We have to lead in with the rhetoric of common sense gun laws. And this was on an open mic. I saw this yesterday, and um, it's been making around the rounds on the internet, um, which is interesting. And another interesting development is it seems Black Lives Matter in Philadelphia has turned against Hillary, and is chanting in the streets that uh, you know don't vote for her. She's a criminal. Um, whatever that's worth. Uh, maybe it's some some angry Bernie Sanders supporters, but. Uh, you know, my biggest concern is. No matter what the popular vote would be, I say against her, um, with control of the voting machines and the number of illegals that will vote once or twice, <laughs> uh, the, the Democratic candidate is probably going to win by cheating at the poll. And then we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And, and it's been proven that the yeah, machines, the diable, the diable machines have been proven over and over from primaries to elections that, uh, you know, electronically they can be manipulated, yeah. uh, without the voter knowing as much. They can be, you know, every third vote for Trump will say can be, uh, you know, given to Hillary. There are uh, countless ways that this can be manipulated and given to the uh, Democratic nominee. Um, and we would not know anything about it due to the uh, technology that's being used to, to count the votes rather Black than box, going right. back to the system of handwriting, uh, handwritten ballots, which were much more efficient and uh, with honest counters, uh, much more accurate, I believe. Yeah, and without hanging chads. Um, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, another thing I've been watching in this uh, election process is that both Obama, you know, sitting president, and uh, Hillary Clinton uh, have been visited by the, uh, Saud, the Saudi royal family, you know, by uh, Prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman and his father, King Salman. They're putting money uh, and support to this uh, administration that exists now, and we know this is not healthy. Uh, in fact, in the last week, uh, the king's son, uh, Prince uh, Ben Salman, has been over here meeting uh, with the White House. Uh, are they wanting uh, just nuclear missiles to defend themselves against Iran, or are they wanting more? Are they putting money into uh, Hillary's campaign uh, under the table, which, you know, there's a lot of talk that said that's happening, uh, so that they can uh, get favors from her when she's in office that go the way the Saudis want uh, to go, and particularly they want to destroy Iran. Um, you know, I, I can't argue that point. <laughs> I, but, uh, you know, we, we, our country is being bought by overseas interest. There's just no question about it. Yeah, yeah and it has been bought. Stan, one last question here on Saudi Arabia. We saw stories in the news that, for some reason, American personnel in Saudi Arabia were in imminent danger. Did you see that and have any comment on why that? No. When when did you see that? Uh, it was a story from yesterday, I believe, and I will look here to see if I can find it. But the uh, here, I'll just do a quick search. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think that was. Um, well, I, I'm not going to say, but but yeah, there there appears to be some sort of internal things yeah. taking place in Saudi Arabia. Five days uh, internal ago, what did you say? Internal what? I- internal events that are creating some sort of a... Well, go ahead, Joe. You've got it. Yeah, from Zero Hedge five days ago, State Department warns Americans of potential imminent threat in Saudi Arabia. They're warning U.S. citizens of credible threats to tourist uh, areas um, from Turkey to Saudi Arabia, uh, specifically Americans and warned Americans in Saudi Arabia about potential imminent threats against U.S. citizens and urged them to travel with caution. The State Department issued a briefing uh, in Jeddah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no yeah, I, yeah. That. I see that July 22nd here. I see that uh, Arabia attack, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia attack on Americans imminent. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, why Americans? I know that they're unhappy with the young prince, a lot of them, because he's good, taking away the dependence on oil, trying to sell off the family jewels, in essence, uh, and dealing with America. He's been kissing up over here, vice versa. 
maybe that's why they're thinking Americans are fair game. I can't see yeah, here in the article. Okay. Uh, it sounds logical. I mean, thinking it through, that sounds about right. And I wondered if there was any connection between the warning that Bin Laden's son uh, gave to Americans about three weeks ago, maybe, oh, yeah. that he was going, he vowed revenge on Americans for the death of his father, alleged death of his father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you know, the, the Saud family, of course, uh, were financially backing people like uh, bin Laden um, and others, uh, smaller terrorist groups. Uh, I, I don't know what's happening in that country. It's very unstable at the moment. On the one hand, you've got uh, the Saud family negotiating with Six Flags over Texas to build a, a massive Six Flags entertainment center there uh, to draw tourism into Saudi Arabia and into the Arab Gulf states. On the other hand, you've got this internal turmoil because of the Saud family, you know, making sweeping changes in the law and trying to soften Sharia law so that, you know, uh, women can not be so uh, constrained by, uh, you know, uh, the Sharia law. And uh, as Holly said, you know, okay, if they put a six flag to the water slide in it, can you imagine what it would be like with the women wearing all these veils and stuff trying to take the water slide? It would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> funny, but still, it, it yeah. points to the fact that laws are going to have to change if they're going to do tourism as, you know, as one of their main incomes to the country. So you can see why it's the old and the new guard, the young millennials in Saudi Arabia who have you know wealth and, and TV and uh, you know internet versus the old-timers who probably still write with a quill pen somewhere. This is the internal strife occurring, plus you've got uh, Shiite and Sunni factions within the country, and uh, Arabia being threatened by Iran, both having opposing sides of the the Islamic front. So, yeah, very unstable. I can see why they'd be threatened. You filled up another hour, Stan. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Prophetic Folks. Perils. Yeah, Prophetic, prophetic perils. perils, End Time Events Revealed by Holly Dale. Get it on standale.com. God bless Thank you. you, guys. Lord bless you now. All right. Folks, we'll see you in Indianapolis on Thursday.